Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad and now married in New Zealand. Mazel this, podca this podcast is still a thing. Mm -hmm. We're still doing this. <laughs> still a thing. Lots, lots of people. The, sh the streets are talking. They want to know where oh. we're at. Huh. Yeah. Married? Summer, yeah. What My summer vacation? The last time we talked, we were headed to faraway lands. I've been to four different countries <laughs> since we last spoke. Has it been four? Well, yeah, yeah. You've been to three. Okay. So you went to three with me and one on your own. Yep. Okay. I, yep. Was, I was kind of I was like, how many countries have I been? Yeah. Vegas is a different country. <laughs> also, that's five. If you include Vegas, it's five. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a busy summer. It's been a oh, hot yeah. summer, which we can get into. Hot, hot for you all. It's been a very, it's been actually all right winter down here. It's not been too bad. But, yes, did get married. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Had everyone come down, and we uh, hung out in the everyone, South Island huh? of New yeah, Zealand. Everyone, everyone came down. Everybody. Yeah, everyone, everyone who was invited came down. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'll it's tell not... you what, though. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Everyone yeah. is listening to this. Break it down. I I can only imagine the amount of stress that those the people who have had like legitimate let's invite fifty plus people to a wedding. Fifty plus. That seems I mean, low. Right, but this is my point. Anyone who's had more than fifty people at a wedding, I bet you, if you asked them, they would do it differently. Because mm -hmm. I think we had the right amount of people. Because the amount of stress that there is to get a wedding together, and I'll say this as someone who did not do the majority of the work, the stress level is high. Trying to make sure everyone gets there on time, make sure that this is there, make sure that this shows up on time, making sure that everyone is happy, make sure that you got the right type of food for everyone with their dietary restrictions, make sure that the weather is going to be decent. If it's not going to be decent, you have an umbrella. If you don't need an umbrella, is it going to be too hot? Is the sun there? Sunscreen, sunglass. It's a lot. Photographer, it's, it's a lot. And imagine doing this with not only friends and family bigger family included including kids including all the other people that need to come to a wedding so i'm very happy that our wedding was very small yeah uh, let me so see I have no I regrets could, um, it, it would have been see. nice to invite all sorts of other people you included but god am i happy we didn't do it because it just would have um, been very complicated <laughs> i want i want to try to string together a coherent thought out of this idea and mm -hmm. um you can you you can see we're, we'll see how far it gets off the rails mm -hmm. You ever feel like you're a, you know, like you you're not really you're still you ever feel like you're still you still have the mind of a of that you had when you were a kid, and you're like, you know, I kind of I'm still kind of like a, just like a larger child with uh, with more responsibility, and a job, sure, to to school every day, but the mind doesn't really change. Now, with that in mind, think about your bar mitzvah. Clearly, you were bar mitzvah. We know that absolutely. Mm hmm. 13 years old. You got your yes. braces off, mm -hmm. ready for those Haftorah pictures. Mm -hmm. Show those teeth. <laughs> now, the whole thing with that is it was like you're a kid, you're 13, and you're inviting a whole bunch of people because you're the popular guy. Mm -hmm. You, you want to be popular. You want to prove you have a whole bunch of friends when you're 13. You got a shit ton of friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, for many people, does not go away. They're still mm, looking for that attention. And therefore, it is an ego game. And I think a lot of people have that. And sometimes it's not just the kids. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the parents as well to say, look at my kid yes. and look at all this shit I got for my kid and look mm -hmm. at all this stuff here. And as a result, I want as many people as I can afford to see it. Right. 
<laughs> now, now look, I, and I'm sure I was, a lot of people, yeah. it's like maybe, maybe as many people that I can't afford, but oh, it's sure. like, how do we, how do we stack it in? How do we get in there? Now that comes within limits. Sometimes you do mm -hmm. feel that pressure and obligation, but other times, look, mm -hmm. I, I, there was a coworker of mine. He, you know, they had a big, uh, they had a big wedding. They had 500 people at a wedding. Oh, like, dude, God. I don't even, 500 I don't think people, I don't oh. think one, I don't, I don't even think uh, one, I don't know if I know 500 people. And even if I did, I definitely don't like 500 people, mm -hmm. let alone paying for 500 people to be at a wedding at any sort of event of mine. Yes. <laughs> like that. So that's a very special thing. Cause you're also dealing with like, you know, it's, it, it was like a pretty elaborate thing that they did. Cultural oh, 100%. of course, I'm sure, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like that, that's my thing. I, I don't think it's just a matter of what's reasonable because nothing about a modern wedding is reasonable is reasonable no no i mean even just the price of what like the wedding wasn't cheap for 10 people it was very nice right like we, you still want to have a good time you still want i mean again this is something you do once sure and i i believe that firmly i'm only doing that once mm -hmm. not doing it again no once <laughs> you put on the suit you put on the dress you take the photos you do it once I'm only doing it once. A lot of people do this because they want the party. You're right. Like they want the they want the visual kind of like, hey, I did it. Come celebrate me and celebrate my partner. And sometimes it's not even about celebrating my partner or my spouse. It's just celebrate me, depending on who is pulling for this larger size wedding, right? It's not always, I would say stereotypically, you think it's the bride. It's not always the bride. There's plenty of times where the bride's like, I don't want to do any of this, but the groom has parents or or the groom himself goes, Well, I need this big wedding. I need to prove that I've, you know, that I've I've conquered and 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 I have wealth. I need to prove that I am able to to supply all of these things to my friends and family. Um, because weddings aren't cheap. Everything like times two. Flowers times I mean times ten. Like some stuff is just the minute you tell someone you're having a wedding, it's just dollar signs go up. Yeah. What if you got um, all your dollar? What if you got all your flowers provided by like a local bodega? Yeah. I mean, you can try to pick, pick them yourself, I guess. But again, but think about that though. That's extra work that the bride has to do. Like I understand why people get wedding planners. Again, everything is very clear to me now. <laughs> like I was like, why we need a wedding planner? Just do it. No, no, no. If you got more than 50 people, I 100% would have hired a wedding planner. I don't want to have to organize who shows up when and where and talking to these people and making sure that this person has the right place to show up to and making sure that if the flights get there and rental cars and yeah, I can just imagine you like, no, you would you deal with that. I'm paying you money to go deal with that stuff. My job is to show up, say the vows and get married. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very it's a lot. So props to anyone who's had a legitimate 50 plus person, you know, DJ doing speeches in best man wedding like i i couldn't have done it i don't like i don't think it would have worked so yeah well, i'm very happy very happy with the result we got some awesome photos out of it which is the number one important thing because that's the only thing you really remember is the is the photos right yeah. let's be honest well the, the photos are great you're looking good look great alice is looking look great good. And, we all look uh, good did you yep Yep. Suit looks did, good. Uh, they made me look good. They they they, yeah. they they put slim in the right places. They bulk me up in the right places. Suit looks good. Mm. Right in that front pocket. So did um <laughs> did uh so tell us about the wedding. Tell tell me about it. Give me some give me some highlights here. Uh so I think the I mean no one was invited. Huh? It was the most exclusive party in town. 
Absolutely. You had to be you had to be blood related. <laughs> how exclusive it was. If you weren't blood related, I'm sorry. But again, that's not way we can keep it fair. There's lots of people that if we could yeah, have man. extended to like 15, 20 people, I think we both could have added some, but that immediately added, but then what yeah. about this person? And what about this person? And it said if you just cut it off to immediate family, I think most people understand. Now look, that doesn't mean that we won't do something, especially being in Canada, it doesn't mean that we won't decide to do something a lot more casual later. Right, because at the end of the day, the reception is just a party, right? Yeah, it's just of a course. party. So that doesn't mean you can't throw a party later. Doesn't mean that yep. you can't do something at another time. So that's not off the table. But for this specific thing, it was hard enough for two people from two different countries to try and organize. How do you make family that have never met each other? Right, we've obviously met each other's family, but not met each other in a setting. How do you make that as successful and fun as possible? And it's you make it small. You make it where people have a chance to talk to each other, where people have ability to kind of stay in the same house. And so basically what we did was we rented a giant Airbnb that had seven or eight bedrooms. Airbnb was nice. Like, this is the type of house you want to buy if you win the lottery. Oh. And we kind of just said, well, we're just going to stay. At the, we're going to get married at the Airbnb, a very beautiful area called Lake Hauia in the South Island. So if any of you know New Zealand, if you know where Queenstown is, it's like an hour north of Queenstown. So wintertime here. How, how do you spell Lake Hawaii? H-A-W-E-A. I found it. Yeah. I, I was wrong at letter two. Yeah. So it's, it's close to Wanaka. If you really know New Zealand, it's it's like it's right next to Lake Wanaka. And Wanaka is a town, is the closest town. But Queenstown is the kind of the closest big area that I think most people go, oh, yeah, I know Queenstown. That's where you go skiing and snowboarding. It's like, yep, big, beautiful mountains. Nice snow cap stuff. It's great. Like, like like a lot of really nice looking scenery. And that's what, you know, look, I've said since the day I moved to New Zealand, mountains and water. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And birds. Mountains and water. If you're doing something and it doesn't include mountains and water, then you're not doing New Zealand properly. So that was kind of the goal. That's what you said. I remember you said, you're like, I was like, why you got to go so far away? You said mountains, mountains water, and, water. and a wife. Yeah. Mountains, <laughs> water, and wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i mean look there's not too much to tell other than it was really pretty laid back like it was nice weather weather was nice like you when you go anywhere in winter you're worried about snow or rain or cloudy days we got really good weather so just enough sun to make photos you know not too much where the photos all you know they're all they're all blinded out and you know everyone's face is squinting um but just enough sun where it actually looks like you're like you're on a green screen, which is exactly what the photos look like. It's cool. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like this isn't real. It's like yes, it is. It's very real. Um, yep. But yeah, that was it though. Like I don't think there was no, it wasn't traditional in the sense where you had, where we had to do a bunch of goofy stuff that I don't think either of us wanted. Um, so very happy and yeah, I wouldn't do anything differently. I don't think. Sorry to all the people that I couldn't invite, but I, I'm very happy with the fact of our stress level was high for about three, four days, and then it was able to sort of immediately shrink down. It's not like you had to worry about, you know, 50 cousins and aunts and people coming from the U.S. to New Zealand and friends coming from New Zealand and where are people going to stay and renting all these places and is there enough? Like, it just wouldn't have worked the way that we did it. It was very, it was low-key enough that you could change and everyone was pretty relaxed and laid back, um, which took a lot of pressure off of us. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the right way to do it. I think you did it well, especially when you're making people travel like a yes, long exactly. distance to yeah. do that. It was a destination and, wedding for, I mean, for everybody really is destination yeah. for further for some people than others. Right. Well, yeah. Um, so some people had it very far, but everyone, like no one lived in Queens. This was, it's not like down the street for anybody. Yeah. Um, for everybody, this was a journey 
Um, I don't th- I don't know if I've actually sent you the full, not the full photos, but we got a little sneak peek. That's got more photos than what Alice posted. Oh, so let me send that. You to did you. not. So you did you not get it. Um, so did, yeah, like um, again, lots of photos still coming, which is awesome. But that's what you want in a wedding. You want a bunch of photos that you can remember forever. Because I'm not gonna remember the rest of it. I remember the scenery and I remember the photo. Everything else has already become a blur because it's we've already been living, been living in sin for seven years before we got married. Wow. So even well, not so, for seven years, for less than seven years, but living in sin nonetheless. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, congrats one more time, Mazel Tov, good Mazel. I think that's a you could use that phrase. I don't know who the hell. Knows. Good Mazel, anyway, better Tov. Good. good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Well, we should make that a thing. Better Tov. Let's do that. <laughs> So, Tov, I guess it would be a V. Anyway, um, and then honeymoon stuff, that didn't happen yet, right? That's coming next week. So we're going to a place called Rarotonga, which is in the Cook Islands. Oh, very exciting. So and you've, but you've already played with some uh, red pandas, which is what I really want to know about. Oh, oh yeah. That, so now the red panda thing. See, this is what yeah. I did during my summer vacation. I got yeah. married. And then after family left the day after. So this was planned for my, this was a birthday present to me. But because this thing is so popular, it's like you have to book it like four months in advance. Mm. So for my my birthday's in June. And so Allison told me, hey, do you want to do this thing? Because it's one of the things I because I think you went to the zoo with us, right? When you came. Oh, yeah, we saw we saw the people going in and playing with those things. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, I want to do that. Nice. And so she's like, well, since you never want anything for your birthday, how about we go do this? And I was like, I'm in because it's red pandas and they're cute. And let me tell you. Let me tell you, right? Another beautiful sunny day at the zoo, right? It's it's not cheap. This whole thing is not cheap. How much? Give it. Give me a price. It's one hundred and fifty a person, New Zealand. So it's like twelve bucks U.S. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> worth the twelve dollars. Thank you. So it's twelve bucks U.S. And basically, you you walk into this, you know, you walk into the zoo, and they give you a time that you're supposed to meet these pandas, mm-hmm. and you sit there. Right, you sit there, you put the blankets over you because these things have mass. These paws that look like they're not massive, they kind of are. <laughs> They've got these massive proportionally. Sharp... Yes, proportionally, they're huge. They got mitts, and they're like they they can't retract their claws. Right, they're not cats, so they will scratch up your clothes. So put on these heavy blankets that way this thing can come up on you, and we're gonna give you food, right? Because that's how you get any animal's affection. You just feed it, right? That's Humans think they're smart. This thing didn't love me. I had apples in my hand, and he was excited to see the apples. Yep. So there's two pandas, right? The first panda knows what time it is, right? So as we as the lady starts to take us through and open up the doors, this guy comes down from the tree, and he's like, oh, it's food time. right? He's, he's good. He's ready to go. I forget the panda's name, but he's the older of the pandas, right? He's, he's been there for a while, so he knows the, he knows the gig. And basically, like, you sit down and they start explaining. And this guy just, like, jumps up on you. And he's like, where's the food? (laughs) (laughs) And he's adorable. And he sits there. He grabs the food with a little hand. He's eating the food. And he just jumps between person to person eating food. So there's another group. There's four people at a time. So it's me and Alice. And then there's also this this younger kid. I would say maybe 10, maybe 10, 11. And his mom. And I tell you, this kid was excited. And you know what? I was excited. Too. We were both excited. Of course you're going to be excited. Yeah. You get to play with red pandas. Are you kidding so it's me? Cool. So it's cool. So yeah, this guy is, he's, he's adorable. And he's, so they basically keep giving us food, right? They give you apples and they love apples, right? They're like apples are the, oh no, they're sorry. It was pears. Excuse me. Give it pears. Like they love pears, but they eat too many pears. They're going to get fat. So they basically kick off with the pears. And while they're doing that, they actually use this, which is interesting because they actually use this to do stuff like 
weigh the panda and like make sure that the panda's okay because pandas are not social animals right that's the lie you think these things are like cats or like they're going to come over and hang out these things don't like humans they spend 90 percent of their lives in trees so the only way you get this thing down from a tree is to feed it yeah so this is their chance to check on the panda so they give you pears first then they give you kumara which is basically a sweet potato that's not as sweet right so it's a new zealand native Mm. um you know potato but it's like a sweet potato but not as sweet so they give you these you know they give it this and this guy's just he's going to town right every time you put you just say put your hand out and he comes here and he grabs it he eats it and he looks at you and he lets you take photos of him Mm. and then they start giving him carrots right carrots is the last meal because they're like they don't actually like carrots but we can't keep feeding them the stuff that's going to make them a thousand pounds so he kind of eats wait, the wait, carrots. Wait, wait, right. yeah. You're telling yeah. me an apple and a, and a sweet potato is going to make a... For this little guy, up, yeah. Again, these, these things aren't as big as you think they're. Like, I I was expecting I know, more. They're, they're very fluffy, right? They're yeah, they're fluffy. like they're like they're big fluffy. raccoons. Yes, yeah. and that's the closest animal to them. Although they're, they're kind of an animal of their own, right? Like, they don't really fit in a yeah. class. They're kind of their own thing, but they're like the closest relative is a raccoon. And you can tell by the tail and the way that they just love to eat random stuff. <laughs> so... So they mostly eat bamboo and they're like, well, we live in New Zealand, so we're going to give them vegetables and then we're going to give them like plant matter that will sprinkle around the the trees and stuff that they can eat. Mm. So love, you start feeding him carrots. Plant matter. That's yeah. Uh, so you start. Appetizing. Yeah. You start feeding him carrots and he's kind of like, yeah, I'll eat the carrots and I'm fine. So this guy, he's like, they normally don't eat the carrots, but this guy was going to town on the carrots. He liked everything. Right. And so then at some point, they're like, all right, we got to go feed the other one. So there's three red pandas. One red panda is a female, and she was in the tree. She's like, I'm not falling for this stuff. There was the older guy, the, the one, the first one that we fed. And then there's a, like a teenage red panda who's like four or five. I was born at the zoo. So it's like, all right, it's time to go feed him. So it's sad because we had to trick this panda into like going a different direction so he didn't follow us because he was like, I'm still hungry. I still want more food. Yeah. So now we go to see the other panda, and this panda takes a while. Because she's like calling him and he's like, nah, I'm good. And she's like, no, 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 you should come down. He's like, no, no, I'm good. So it took maybe about 10 minutes for her to lure him into kind of coming in a roundabout way. He kind of like went the opposite way that she wanted to. And then we kind of do the same things. We start feeding this guy. We feed him the pears first. He's, he's, he's loving it. He's going crazy. We start feeding him the kumara and you can tell he's not into it as much. Like he's like, yeah, it's cool, but I'm not not really feeling this. And then when the carrots come out, he's like, "Nah, I'm done." So it's funny as he was eating the as he was eating the kumara, he like spit up in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's he just like he just kind of it's not puke. It's kind of like he just like spits it out. He's like, "This is gross." And she's like, "Oh, that's not you know and, you know zookeepers. They're like talking to the animal, and saying his name." And it's like he's not listening. He's like, "Whatever." And they have like a little bell to call them. Like everyone's got their own little bell. So anyways, as soon as the carrots come out, this guy bolts. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He climbs back up a tree. So that was it. Yeah, I highly recommend if you get a chance to feed and pet red pandas, do it. Because that was a, that was a big highlight. That was fun. I just did um, a quick search, and uh, the latest, the closest I could find is there's a place in Utica that does it. Okay, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going. I don't know how I feel about driving out to the woods of uh, no. New York to, to play with some red pandas. So Yeah, and look, I, I'd also assume as well, like, you know, we said, like, well, what's the biggest danger to these to these cute, adorable things? And it's, of course, us. It's like we're cutting down the trees, and people want to have them as pets. Um, So, yeah, like, I'm sure you can find one. But I, I was – it was cool. Like, it was cool. And um, the Wellington Zoo is a, is a pretty cool establishment. Like, it's – 
again, you get pretty close to them even when you're not doing the encounter. Like they're kind of just in the tree and you can just kind of look up and they're just hanging out up there. Um, so yes, red panda, I believe is now, if someone asked me what my favorite animal, it's this guy. Wow. Cause I've met him. <laughs> and Would you say it's your spirit animal? No, not a spirit animal, but it's my favorite. No? Do you have a spirit animal? No, their, their predators are snow leopards. And the funny thing is that there's a snow leopard encounter, like, like cage, like right next door to where they are. Oh. They're like, yeah, they haven't really realized that the, you know, these guys are all zoo animals. So they're not really aware that like the one thing that hunts them in the wild naturally is like sleeping over there. I sense a Pixar movie in the making. Yeah. I mean, we've already gotten, you know, red Panda, what this Disney movie, right? A little girl. Is yeah. Yeah. Someone is watching singing. it on the, uh, on the flight back from yeah. Germany. It's a cute movie, by the way. This person was just going to town. It was hilarious because, like, I'll take a sidebar here because we're not really going chronologically. We're kind of jumping around here. But, yeah. like, this person, you know, some, sometimes you screen peep, right? Mm -hmm. Screen peep? She was, she was watched. So, first she watched Encanto, right? Okay. Bruno? Then she watched, yep. then she watched Turning Red. That's the Pixar movie where yep. Red Panda. Okay. Then she started watching Kingsman. Okay. That's okay. Which then, uh, couple, the, the, the latest, the original, Kingsman? the original. Oh, the first one. Yeah, the good one. So Great then movie. a bunch of people got cut in half. She made it about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into this movie. And then quickly switched that off. And then went back to the some cartoons, watched some other animated movie that I had never seen before that I knew hmm. no idea what was going on and finished the flight with the good dinosaur. <laughs> oh. Pixar's worst movie, I'd argue. Although they've had a lot of movies since, but I believe that is their worst movie, I think. Yeah. Was it one of the Cars movies? Like, really not people. Not I think it's their worst of, movie yeah. as far as yeah, like, good dinosaurs like money, actually. I think it is their. Pixar... I'm, I'm going to look this up. Um, yeah. Elemental started out really weak, but apparently yeah. turned that tide around and actually ended up making a whole lot of money. Yeah. That, that movie did make a turnaround, even though the name is really bad. Elemental. Like it's real, it's just real generic. Okay, so their worst movies. Okay, so wow, the Toy Story re. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay, so there's a lot of re-releases. So it's not their worst movie. It's their second to worst movie in the box office. That's not a re-release, right? Because they have. So basically, the re-release they they re-release Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Toy Story, Toy sure. Story again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsters Inc. again, Inside Out, right? They re-released those what are you films. Looking at? Like You're not looking at Box 3D. Office Mojo? I'm looking at Box Office Mojo. Yeah, wouldn't it? Okay, and there's, I see. And there's Pixar, you know, Pixar estimated lifetime gross movie theater, right? Right, but usually they bundle all that shit together. That's why it's interesting. that. Yeah, they... it, it is weird that they put it at the end, but I just wanted to clarify that those are lower grossing. But there's yeah, a sure. movie that's less, that's that gross worse than this almost by double. Oh, let me think. Okay. Is it during the? It's not during the pandemic, right? Or is uh, it? it's at right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh shit! Oh man, it's that onward. It is. Look at you. You nailed it. Oh, it's why do onward. I know that? What is wrong with me? Do onward I have, is like... the worst. And you're right. It's because of COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, this movie would have not done because it released March 6, twenty twenty. Right, and then they put it immediate. Holy shit! <laughs> and, then, and then they put it right on Disney Plus within a month because yeah, all the Disney, I mean, what else do you do? Right, like you release this thing, and then no one can go to the movie theater. So it made sixty-one million. 
So this thing would have beat the good dinosaur if it wasn't for COVID. So what does that tell you about the good dinosaur? <laughs> it tells me that it still made $120 million. <laughs> yeah, Cars 3 was the worst. So you weren't wrong. Cars 3 was the worst, but st- or, or the third worst, sorry. Um, yeah. And then you go Bugs Life, Cars 2, Toy Story, surprisingly. But that's early. It's 1995. Yeah, right? so that's that before makes sense. We were watching. That's not- that's not surprising. Uh, I, again, but I'm I'm surprised by some of these by some of these though. Like I'm surprised that Coco is as low as it is, and that Ratatouille is as low as it is compared to like Monsters University. Because people hate people are racist and people hate the French. Simple. I, I mean, the fact that Finding Dory is number two is wild to me. I think that just shows you like the difference mm. in Finding Nemo in 2003 to. to Finding Dory. I mean, this is why remember Pixar never made sequels, right? That was always their thing. Like we don't make sequels. And then if you see like their top grossing movies, they're all sequels. <laughs> they do make sequels. So Toy Story Two was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they do now, but that after. was the thing back in the day where like Pixar's making and they're making original content. Why yeah, can't everyone else the, do it? Toy Story. Toy yes. Story was the exception to the rule. Yes, but again, it's Incredibles how much money, Two, Finding how Dory. Much m- Toy yeah, Story when they 4, made a movie based 3. on merchandising yeah. with cars, then they were like, well, shit, we could, we could get more. Now, the thing that's interesting is Inside Out is is much higher than I thought it would be. Just given the like, that was one of the movies that people were like, oh, the content's a little more adult than the, your average Pixar movie, but it's really good. Right? I really enjoyed Inside Out, but I, I'm great. surprised that it's number five on this list. That's surprising to me. The way that they, yeah, the themes of it are definitely more mature but the way that they marketed all the different feelings and emotions yeah lewis black is anger that alone is moving people because that was that was when he was really in the zeitgeist and so if you want uh, gross as well so elemental will be based on so they're at 151 that's domestic domestic. so 307 so 469 Nice. So lifetime growth. So yeah, they're actually like up at Toy Story Finding Dory area. So they really made a giant comeback for that film. Yeah. Mainly global global yes. market. Yeah, yeah. Which which again, which is this is what I mean, we've not since we've not been on here at all, the writer strike and the the screen actors strike is something that's gonna affect me personally very heavily because of, you know, if we're not writing movies and filming them, there's no work, there's no post production work to be done. Um, but it just shows how much the internet, like, yes, while America's greatest export is still entertainment and all of our major grossing films come from Hollywood in quotes, it's a global industry. You make more money from most movies, not in America. You make it from China and other giant emerging markets who will go to the movie theater. <laughs> well, if you guys, if that's not open because the strikes are very American focused, right? They're extreme there because that's where the union is, right? It's all American focused, but because right, 99% there's... of so there's work being done other places, right? But yeah. a lot of times those films are actually being produced by one of the big five studios in the US. So it affects oh. local crew in other places who have different unions, right? So there's stuff going on, like there's stuff that's local, but again, you're not those aren't you're not getting Hollywood actors because they're not going to act in stuff because it's an adjacent of an adjacent of you know ran by disney um so like yeah but but again that's why a lot of things in japan south korea china there's work happening but obviously the largest part of you know post-production budgets and things come from hollywood films so yeah it's the strike is not going to be great that's going to last for a while by the way so um enjoy if you got some old content you haven't watched before get in it now's the time I'm i'm in this situation where i need them to stop releasing games so mm. 
that actually sounds pretty nice. Yeah, but again, I don't know. There are people who cross industries, right? There's a lot of writers who are, you know, who write for games, you know, and, you know, but it's a little different, right? That stuff's not normally unionized in a way. At least I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. No, um, but that, that stuff's not run as the same way that the Writers Guild of America is or the Screen Actors Guild no. is. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because a lot of these yeah. places actually have writers on staff. Right. Yeah. Or, so it's, a little it's, different. or it's freelance and it's not it's not unionized. Yeah, it's not unionized. So the only, the yeah, only time anyway, unions yeah. cross over is there is SAG. Uh, sometimes you do get some SAG. You have the option of getting SAG voice voice talent. Right. But that's not even commonplace, especially when you have smaller budget. Right. Um, yeah. Smaller budget games and stuff. Anyway, but anyways, let's, let's yeah. Get look, back the, to, uh, the Red Panda was great. So, to, yeah. to, so yeah, honeymoon coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, end of next week, and oh, then after that, it's a lot of just selling your crap to move. <laughs> so that's 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 what my summer vacation looks like. How long is how long are you away? Just for a week. Oh, okay. It's not for bad. a week. So it's nice. Again, you sit on. Again, I've never been to Fiji. Um, nice. but it's that kind of vibe, right? You get a nice place that's like a private private villa, big open area. You can you get your own swimming pool that's like right next to the ocean. Very cool. And you just you get to lay around and there's not can great rent, cell phone uh, service, which is great. Can you rent jet skis? I think you can rent jet skis, you can rent cars, you can rent paddle Do boards, it. you can rent scuba diving gear, you can rent everything. Learn from me. Lotion. Hmm. Double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sun's hot times. down here. The sun's so hot very hot. Yeah. Sun's not messing around in Fiji. Yeah. So yeah, so not Fiji, but close. Um and Fiji a little adjacent. cheaper, I would say. A little less known to global tourism, although there's lots of tourism to the Cook Islands. But you know, it's it's kind of a it's not owned by New Zealand, but they take New Zealand money. Um, so it's a little it's a little closer to New Zealand than Fiji is. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. But look, more stuff has happened in the last two months since since we've last recorded we've been on a trip we have we had a lot of each other didn't kill each other don't think no don't don't think we came close might have been a couple close just just sometimes you're a bit much (laughs) it's it's fair it's fair so yeah we uh i don't think i don't think we need to recap the whole trip what i want to do what i want to do is just kind of go back and forth let's just pick three things each Mm -hmm to talk about because we were gone for the recap we were gone it was like 16 days yeah it was That's like two and a half was. weeks i think yeah. is the yeah. we're in japan hitting yeah we're in japan south korea and taiwan yes so you know you could be as specific or as broad as you want but why don't you start with the first first choice of it the things so... you want to talk about for the trip it was so hot. So hot. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never been on a trip where it was consistently 90 and up. It was hot. And it got hotter as we went along. <laughs> like, I'd argue Japan, we had a little bit of rain, right? It was still warm, but we had a bit of rain some of the days we were in Japan. But then you got to you got to Korea and a little bit more rain, but then the heat came. And then by the time we ended in Taiwan, it was so doggone hot. It was hot. And hot to the point where we actually watched a movie <laughs> on one of these because we're like, <laughs> look, it's hot. And again, like, I think we did pretty good. Oh, but just but yeah, just being aware of like, man, we really gotta stop traveling to these countries 
in like the peak of summer where it's so hot right um so th that's my main everyone asked me hey how was it like yeah it was fun but man it was hot it's like it's the hottest i've ever we've been on these trips quite a bit at this time of year i've never felt it this hot so like as much as we want to joke you know is oh global warming global warming starting to feel kind of real because i'm like i've never felt a place be that hot before like consistently across a region like not so much like oh it's hot in japan but it's cold and it's like it was hot everywhere yeah so that's that's number one for me okay all right so we'll i know what number one for you is <laughs> yeah you want why don't you guess and then we'll uh uji yeah okay so what i wrote was matcha mecca <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i've made the pilgrimage finally i've done it people there are people see that kind of blew it out because i was gonna kind of do this whole wind up anyway i'll say it anyway but in reverse yeah. which is you that, asked you know, me you could have just you could have just ran true you blown by me look me. jews go to israel Islam's go to Mecca. Where do Christians? Where do Christians go all over the place? But they got they go to Rome, right? They go to see Catholics go to Rome. I go to yes, Uji, yeah. Japan. Yeah. To my pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> where Matcha, where Matcha was born. And we were there for about 24 hours. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. I was nervous going to Uji. I, I I well, my nerves were not like my biggest concern matcha it was like you were so no my sleep. my concern is like am i really gonna go here and just torture you specifically for 24 <laughs> hours in this town just so i could overindulge on some nonsense that i am oddly infatuated with and you know what it was the it it exceeded any and all expectations I could possibly have, because yes, did it deliver on that nonsense? Yes, it did. Yeah, I still think I still think about those dangos. Ooh, those dangos. The um, but it was just so much more too. I mean, it was great. I mean, the town was beautiful. It was a really nice reprieve between uh, between cities because we we went there between Tokyo and Osaka, and it was just like kind of it was open, kind of sleepy. Like no one there spoke English. Yeah. <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, actually, I'll be honest. I, I enjoyed it. Right. Like I would say I, yeah. I had, a, I pleasantly like that. If, if I was to make a list, Uji would be on my list because I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm obviously aware of what matcha is, but we did enough stuff that actually made me really appreciate the process of matcha and appreciate different qualities and how it's used and, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. It had a bit of a culture feeling that's fun to have on trips where all you do is eat and drink. So yeah, I, I would agree. I've, I'm glad that we did it, and I'm glad that there was enough stuff to do that it wasn't just you forcing me to drink this stuff. And it was a yeah. bit more of like, well, you can grind it and create it and look at all the different types of tea. It was cool. I liked it. Yeah, the fact that we got to make it was pretty cool. Did that before we left. That was like the last thing. Yeah. But also, like, we had some pretty dynamite food experiences too because this bar that we went to uji was like one of the best bars i've ever yes, been to it was great it was great and it, and it was a whiskey bar it, so it was whiskey bar and they made great drinks so it hit both of us <laughs> yeah and they had and it was in the most japanese type bar you could ever imagine yeah, because this could not exist <laughs> in other countries because there was shit there was bottles yeah. everywhere greg was not impressed with the photo we sent he was no, like, why he's is like, there why are there floor? Yeah, why is there <laughs> shit everywhere? Because they couldn't fit it all behind the bar, Greg. That's yeah. why. <laughs> That's all right. They had it's so basically... much stuff. 
It, yeah. It's not in a nice, tidy New York style bar. This guy just goes, here's another box of an anime whiskey. I'm putting it on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And it was all pretty immaculately organized as well. And to make the things even better, once you leave the bar on the way back to the hotel, of course, we hit the 24 hour, the, uh, the, the, uh, cause it's 24 hours cause it's a vending machine, but the matcha ice cream vending machine, <laughs> which was good, which was, it was, it was frozen. It was good. It's Obviously, the happiest it's I saw you yeah. all day. It was weird. You were very happy. Yep. You were excited. I was so excited. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just got to end and shout out to that guy who owns that beef, that uh, that beef restaurant we went to in this little tiny mall, because that was that was a hell of a way to cap off Uji. So yeah, yeah. Uji coming in hot. That's my first choice. And I'm not ordering these in any specific order, by the way. It's just, yeah, that's uh, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. Got to get that out of the way. All right. Yep. Hit me. Second, second thing. Now it's tough because this is where there's a lot of really awesome things that that happened here. So, to 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 do, I'm gonna do an outside looking in quickly before I go to what's my actual number two. Okay. Outside looking in was that random museum that we walked on in South Korea in Busan. Right. It was raining. Random. It was raining, and we were just looking for stuff to do because it was raining. Right. We were like, oh, well, we can go to the beach. I believe it's is it is it a Hyundai Hyundai Beach that we were gonna go to. Mm-hmm. But the but the weather was awful, right? So I'm just looking at a map, and we're like, ev- everywhere in South Korea is a giant mall. <laughs> so we're at this giant mall, and I'm like, hey, there's a museum over here. Let's go to this museum. And it ended up being like this digital interactive oh, museum. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it's like I'm still I'm still showing pictures to people of this thing of like they had this giant basically like like floor to wall connected screen. That mm-hmm. was just, I mean, and for me, the most impressive thing. Now, look, a lot of AI generated content, regardless of what you think of that, but fine. It was like a non, it was like for an hour and a half of just different content, at least an hour of different content of just rolling like oh, crazy, yeah. creative, trippy looking stuff. And this was in a random museum that we did not know anything about. And on a map, I'll find it. It yeah. was Museum One or something like that. Yes. Something like so that. That, that's, that's outside. And again, I would say uh, this is tricky because I would say that's probably my number four. But oh. it's kind of like it depends on what what we're categorizing here. For me, it's probably number. It's probably closer to there's two no rules. or one. You could call right, but there's no you... rules. So for me, this is it's. If I only have three things, I'm making this number four. So I wanted to quickly just say that that thing was cool. It's yeah. It's it was. I was right. It was called Museum One. Yeah. If you yeah, and and absolutely. If you if you end up in Busan, and you should end up in Busan because Busan is awesome. It's cool. I will cool say place. this. Even if Uji, I call out specifically because we only did one night there. And yeah. it's like a very specific thing, but otherwise, like all the places we went to, I didn't, I didn't list them off at the beginning because right. I figured, you know, it might be a, one of the places might be a highlight, but yeah, all, all of them are worth visits. Yeah. Where, where okay. So I just wanted to say that out there. Cause I don't actually think I have any Busan stuff, but that was like the highlight. Busan was great. But if I've got a name top, if I'm kind of naming the three things that are most memorable, number, number two, actual number two. Is how Jeff saved Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hell you yeah. saved Tokyo. Because I think me and you have been there a lot, right? And it's one of those things where you're like, this place is cool, but it, it's also kind of run its course, right? You're like, it's a big city. There's lots of cool stuff to do. It's kind of like going to New York over right? like like imagine. We've been this, five York. times, but this is our yes. fifth time going. Which is crazy, right? And like a lot of people, you could say the same thing about people who go to New York, right? Like if you're not from New York, and let's just say you're not American. And you keep going to New York and you're like, you haven't been anywhere else in the US. Like, there's so many different places to go. 
why do we, you know, at some point we've done it. It's not going to change drastically. Let's go experience other stuff. So when we made this trip, Tokyo was like, well, let's just stop here quickly because it's the easiest place for us to get flights into. And then let's travel to all these other cool places that we're, that we'd rather do than go to Tokyo. Tokyo was like the bottom of our list of things to do. Yep. Now I've got a former coworker named Jeff who, when I was sort of talking to him before I was doing something, he, he runs a, he runs a company. I was talking to him about doing something for, for avatar stuff. And I just told him, I was like, Hey, I'm going, I'm coming to Japan. And he was like, Hey, we got to meet up. Right. And like, that's one of those things you just don't know. Right. Like I'm sure you get people all the time to come to you that go, Hey, I'm coming to New York. You're like, okay, cool. Like we can hang out, but like, I don't know you really, but sure. I'm always down to hang out with people. Right. And so I was a little, I was like, okay, you, I was telling you like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll spend a couple hours with Jeff and see what he wants to do. But Hey, look, I don't want him to feel obligated that he's got a, you know, that he's got a show for us around. We've been here enough times. We can find stuff to do. Come to find out. Jeff might be the greatest tour guide alive. He might be because he meets up with us and he immediately goes, all right, what do you guys like? What do you want to do? And out comes the encyclopedia of, of, of everything, not just Japan, the encyclopedia of Taiwan, encyclopedia of Korea. Jeff was awesome. We did all sorts of stuff that I don't think that me and you would have done with another white American. Right. Like you might get this if you can meet up with other Japanese people, but again, it's a little different, right? Because there's sort of this barrier where they're kind of like, it's like they don't have the same sensibilities and like, they're kind of like, well, I'll kind of take you to some of the Japanese stuff where Jeff was like, he was like, if we had lived in Japan and known this to a level that he does, where he's like, I'm going to take you to all the offshoots of the food places. I'm going to take you to these bars that are like, you know, Hey, Michelin star restaurant. I'll get you a list. Hey, you like, you know, Jason, tell, tell me what type of food you like. I'll get you a list of food. He made us a giant map of all yeah. these places to go and started and marked all this stuff in a very busy schedule. So for me, it's Jeff. Jeff Jeff saved Tokyo for me because I saw Tokyo in a totally different. We've seen Tokyo kind of from a Japanese perspective. We've seen it as a tourist perspective. We've never seen it from like, here's a Western person living in Japan who is going to give you the best of both, who's going to give you all the crazy food stuff but also kind of give it to you in a way that's that's not so fish out of water. You're standing there. Everyone's talking Japanese. It was great. So shout out to Jeff. I know he doesn't listen to this, but he saved Tokyo for me because I was done with Tokyo. I'll go back if I can hang out with Jeff, <laughs> basically. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, yeah. You guys come back. Bring your, bring your wife. Bring your partner. There's stuff that we can, you know, my, my wife's here. We can do this and do this. Just come back. Tell me and we'll do all this stuff. So it's like if I ever go to Tokyo again, Jeff's the person I'm hitting up first and be like, all right. What's the idea? I'm staying here for a week. How do, how do we make this work where we're having something interesting every night for dinner? There's an interesting thing we're doing. Like he took us to a fish ramen place. We were eating all sorts of offcuts of weird meat. It was great. Yeah, totally. So that's that's and, that's uh, my number two. Yeah. And uh, he he's so good that now, like, I feel like I'm depriving people of a Tokyo experience if I, I don't mean, a little bit. Rec- if I don't refer them to him when they go. He's like great. I already he was, have as, nice a as, couple he was as nice as could be. He spent as much time as possible. He was great. Jeff was awesome. I already know of two friends that are going to be in Tokyo within the next within the next like I don't know eight months, and both of them are just like, "Hey, you want me to see if my friends get around to hang out with you?" Because yeah, trust me, you want to do it. Yeah, he's great. So that's he, my number. Jeff two. was a shit, and he took us to to a, some dynamite uh, to some dynamite bars, and thanks to him, we got to eat uh, raw chicken. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, was, it was weird, but it, it didn't it taste was weird, bad. But it was no, weird. it tasted pretty good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> pretty, it was good. But and, it was the amount, and I and I love telling people, yeah, I ate, I ate chicken sashimi, and they're like, "That's impossible. You can't do that." I was like, "Well, I did." And I, that's the, the one food I'm mad I didn't take a picture of. Yeah. I'll tell Jeff to send me a picture. Yeah, and he took us to this awesome, like, we ended our time with him at basically like a, like a Cuban rum bar. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. It's like, I'm sitting here having a Cuban cigar in a rum bar in the middle of Tokyo. And it's like, that's what makes Tokyo cool. And it's like, it's like a bunch of people from, like, down the street. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know the owner. Let me, see, let me give them a call. And let me call, like, it's just great. Like all of it was like, yeah, he was talking about he was going to do like a travel show and a thousand percent if he does a travel show, I'm watching it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'd kill it. Yeah. So my next one. Hot took hot toke hot. To- See, this is the problem, right? Korean. <laughs> I don't understand. Greg could tell me that I pronounced this wrong, but. I don't know how to pronounce it. H O T T E O K. What am I talking about? I know I'm talking about about (laughs) the I'm talking about the Busan South Korea, the Busan South Korean street food pancakes (laughs) fried and stuffed with nuts. Here we go. All right. It's this thing is delicious and I'm still thinking about it. This is probably going to be brief, but it was good. I think how many of these things did I have? I don't know. Probably about four. And we, we were had at least there three. for like at two least days. Three. I remember we yeah. walked back at least. Yeah, we had at least. I had I had three. I don't know if you had more. I think it was at I, least three. I'm pretty sure I had at least one extra one. <laughs> I don't know. But man, these things were good. And you know what? The food in general in Korea. Because you know yeah. what? I'm going to lump all this stuff together. Because I got, I got two things I want to call out from the food in Korea. One is this thing. Because I... I love travel mainly for a lot of reasons, but the biggest poll, right? I will judge you harshly based on your food. Okay. The last place I've been, I flew in from Germany, like about like less than 40, like less than 36 hours ago. All right. I flew in from Germany by day two in Germany. I was just like, I'm good. I don't need more schnitzel. I don't need more sausage. I don't even, (laughs) I don't need more beer. I don't need any of this bullshit. I'll take some more apple strudel. All right. But your service is so goddamn shitty that uh, your your kitchen's closed by the time I get to dessert. Okay. Wow. That's that's the problem. But but Korea? Are you kidding me? I got the, the pancake on the street. All right. I could have thrown down way more of these things, but it's just a problem. It's just like fried dough. And then they just throw a bunch of seeds and nuts in there. And, and it's it it sounds like it shouldn't work, but it works. It's so good. It's like you've just thrown a bunch of like crunch into a funnel cake and it's delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. So that's that's one thing. And then the other thing to shout out food wise from South Korea as far as like new foods go is in Jeju, the black pork. Yeah, yeah, the black pork was good. Oh, the black pork. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, it's pretty good. Black pork. Didn't even know. We, we had you it twice. <laughs> We're in Jeju for two nights and we had black pork both nights because you gotta do it. All right. And is the pork black? No, it's they call it black pork because it comes from uh, pigs that have black, uh, black hair. So you got to actually know that you have to trust and verify that it is actual black pork by looking by by noticing like little black dots where the hair follicles were, which kind of freaked you out. Yes, because I was like, oh, we eating pig hair. This is gross. 
but then you no. eat it and you're like oh man this thing's delicious yeah, i still i'm looking through the photos as we're talking about this yeah. and i'm still <laughs> laughing about this kid this kid who looked like a grown man at this do you remember this <laughs> Do you remember yeah. this photo? That yeah, I took? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the great. Second, yeah, <laughs> he's he's he, at the second place, and and again, the second place was great because I feel like the first time they didn't really give us the full legit experience. We kind of asked for some stuff, and the thing about this trip that I take away the most just from takeaway is, man, we went some places where they really didn't speak English. No, Jeju like, Island, no English. They don't. J- 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 they're like, no, like we're not. Like this is a Korean vacation spot. What are you doing here? Still and so, like, though. what they would do after they'd like cook all of this pork, they would then like fry the rice in the in the remnants of the pork. Um, and the first time we kind of asked for that, but the guy didn't really like. Maybe we just didn't hit the right thing. This the second time we we got it right, and and I'm just looking at these images of like the guy like didn't want to make this into a heart for us because like normally when it was like <laughs> a group of women or a guy and a girl, he make us in his heart. And I was like, no, no, heart. Where's the heart, buddy? Where, where's the heart? And he was just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a heart? Okay, I'll give you the heart. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's right next to the picture of then the, this grown this grown 10-year-old who has been eating black pork all his life is sitting here, yeah. slumped in here, eating black pork like like he's making a business deal. It was great. <laughs> yeah, they call this, uh, they call it the Wagyu. It's like the Wagyu of yeah. pork. That's what they call this stuff. And it is so good. Yeah. You ever have just like pure bacon for dinner? Well, we did. And we did it twice. Yeah, multiple times. And it was and it was goddamn delicious. And I could I could have done it for two board nights in a row. It's, it, it's it funny was, looking it was, at yeah, looking at the images, I do think that pound for pound per capita, Jeju Island crushed it on the food. Oh yeah. Right, it's not even like, close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that pancake, like the scallion yeah. pancake. We had. Oh and, my god. And that's exactly what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this yeah. dish, and it immediately made me hungry. The black yeah. pancake, the noodle soup, the kimchi. Oh man, I'm looking at this thing, going, man. Now I want to eat this thing. <laughs> so the the ocelot green tea sweets. Hell yeah. Yeah. Jeju punched way above its weight. It was yep. great. Totally. Way above its weight. Absolutely. So shout out to Jeju Island. Yeah, so those those are my two. It's it's kind of like it's kind of a cheat because it's like a tie. But I, I yeah. felt like I had to mention some of the some of the South Korean food highlights. Some of like the new the new South Korean food. I'll call it that you know new to us because we got the uh, between that street food pancake. I want to yeah. know if I could get this stuff in New York. If I could get this hot hot teok, you can't get black pork in New York. That that I already looked up. Yeah, yeah. Because the pig the pigs are in, are they're on Jeju Island. Yeah, that and they're yeah. stuck there. They're not leaving. Yeah, they're not leaving. They're not leaving. They, they can't get probably, off the island. Oh, what's this here? Is there one in uh, Chelsea Market? My, I mean, you're in New York, so you should be able to find everything. Really, like you should be, or find a, or find a Korean who can make this for you, because I'm sure there's someone from Busan somewhere down the street from you. Oh yeah, here we go. Great. I'll, I'll, I can grab. Oh no, this isn't it. I'll ask Greg. Greg will know. He, he, he needs to get in touch with his roots. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Greg, I didn't say that. He said that. I said it. <laughs> that's right i did i said it i'll say it again greg time to time to t- anyway i'll stop all right <laughs> third one what you got third one so yeah there's not any order it's not top it's not top no one, no no, two, no, three. no it's I've just there's no that. order yeah i've said that already yeah no the, again like i think taiwan surprised me right mm. like i kind of didn't expect anything from like to be honest with you for whatever reason i just didn't taiwan was kind of like one of those places where you're like it's a lot in the news and it's a place I'd like to go before you can't go or before, you know, it's not as safe to go, potentially. 
because China is on some nonsense and they're trying to tell Taiwan that Taiwan is China and Taiwan's like, no, we're Taiwan, right? So there's a lot of news going on about that. And so that was on my list of going, hey, you know, I'd like to go to Taiwan just to just to see what it is, right? So I didn't have any high expectations, but I, like the food in Taiwan was real. Like we did some pretty cool stuff in Taiwan. So yeah. I, I do think in general, like, and again, I think the thing I'm going to point out is the... Um, is you kind of had us, we were going to this town, right? Like this town that you had sort of said, hey, this is a place that you should go. Someone, had, I think someone had told you about it. Um, yeah. And I was really like, oh God, where is he taking? This is one of those Jason excursions <laughs> where he's like, it's on this thing and we got to take a train and then take a bus and then take a carrier pigeon. And I was like, oh God. I was like, take a carrier so, pigeon. Wow. Again, okay. I'm yeah. just like, I'm just like, man, it's so daggone hot out here. And I do not, I can't, I can't afford to be in the street with this dude about to die. As he's looking at his map, trying to go, where do we go? So I forget the name of this place. You'll you'll find it for me. It's really, it's apparently a really famous place. But again, I didn't know anything about Taiwan, right? Like, unfortunately, travel wise, you do the majority of the of the research. I don't do any research. It's part of the reason why I like traveling with you. I just show up. I show up and I eat and I drink and I and I tag along. It's great. So we, we went to this place and I was like, ah, I don't really, I'm not really sure, but the view from where we were was awesome. The street food and the walking through the little, you know, through the very narrow streets and stuff was cool. Yep. So for me, that oh, was yeah. the highlight of Taiwan. Then again, Taiwan had a lot of highlights, so which is tough. The the beef noodle soup was again, it smells oh. like it smells like farts yep. when it's cooking. But boy, that morning that we had that beef noodle soup, I could have eaten another whole bowl of that thing. That thing was delicious. The town um, we were in was yeah. Chufin. Okay, yeah. So that that place was cool. So like, if you I'm go to sure, Taiwan, I'm like, pronouncing that wrong. I I personally wish Taiwan is the one place that I was like, because I had some coworkers who were Taiwanese who said, "Oh, four days is too short, and you should go mm. longer." And I'm always like, you know what? We've hit a sweet spot in our travel where normally by like the third or fourth day, you're like, "All right, I'm ready to go." Mm-hmm. Taiwan is the one place that I was like, man, we really. If I could do this over again, I would have spent a week here. Because there's a lot the of cool stuff we didn't people, get to see. Yeah, people were telling me, "Yeah, that's about right." Like, yeah, it's funny because, right. like, again, I, I feel like we could have spent more time there. Like a lot oh, of absolutely. it is like there's there's areas in Taipei that's cool, but the minute we kind of got to that to the place that we went to, I was like, "Oh, if there's more stuff like this, this is awesome." It's like little street food markets, tiny streets, beautiful views, and it's awesome temple that we just sort of came across. That's like right next to this thing. So yeah, Taiwan was awesome. The food was really good. I, pound for pound, Jeju was still punching way above its weight. But, I mean, Taiwan, we didn't – I don't think I remember having a bad meal in Taiwan. I think the only thing that we had that was probably a little suspect and was just because we ate too much crap before that was the was – the, um, I got a picture of it here. These, like, slimy noodles. <laughs> slimy noodles. Like, like it had, like, a, like a thick kind of – Kind of gelatinous is the wrong word. Oh, very yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the and you put and you put yeah. way too much spicy sauce in it, but still the sure texture did. was a little was a little snotty. Yeah, the best way to put it. It wasn't bad. I made up. It was. Just, I made up for it, it though because I ate. I I was. I, I went hard on the sweets. You did. You went After overboard. <laughs> I got these. I got these like Totoro matcha pastry stuffed with red bean. Oh boy, it's problematic. <laughs> and Taiwan had a cool bar scene as well. Like lots oh yeah, of kind the... of modern bars that I again I just wasn't for whatever reason my expectations for Taiwan were all over the place, but it wasn't what I got, and what I got was really cool. Like that was the place that, out of all the places we went to, I was like I think I could live in Taiwan, yeah, where it the... felt modern, 
it felt like it was like you could kind of get it's where people spoke the most english as well um so yeah that's that's my number three is the specifically if i'm going to pick something it's that town we went to is number three for me the cocktail scene in taiwan who the hell knew that yeah there's like we went to so many awesome cocktail bars presentation was immaculate yeah and the original din tai fun yeah yeah oh you know what I'm, I'm looking at pictures now i totally forgot about you know what? i might have to change it i don't know oh. if it's the it's it's that duck the whole process yeah. of how we got to the duck like the whole <laughs> build up to that was pretty awesome and it made me realize how wrong we're using hotels and services so i guess telling this is a good story to tell yeah go ahead right so we check into this really i mean it's it's it was fancy it was a weird hotel room so we should describe this this room describe the room (laughs) yeah so look normally so people know when we travel we we tend to do a mixture of being in the same room or being in separate rooms and i think it's just because you know you're in a foreign country being with someone that's with you is normally a good thing right because you just but you're also we're gone we're we're traveling for two weeks at a time that shit gets expensive like let's just call it what it is you cut that cost in half it's worth it yeah, it gets expensive and you know whatever you spend a couple nights with your friend in a hotel room, like whatever you're not you're not doing anything so it's like yeah we sit here and like I said, you spend all day going out you come home you go to sleep you wake up and you go out again it's i like, like i have to clarify this like what what are people thinking well, well no just because you know two grown men sharing a hotel room like it's just it's something that? that more me people don't again i see nothing wrong with it i'm just saying for people going wait you don't get your own room like no because we're friends so you just deal with it so i i can hear all of your all of your you know your thousand times of using the bathroom it's fine i know you well enough by now a small bladder i'm a small man i'm like i'm a boy i'm a boy-sized man all right yeah but i bring this up though because this hotel room is the most intimate hotel room we've ever had oh yeah this is weird so to explain this hotel room it's basically like you know if you know an open concept kitchen it's basically an open concept bathroom yeah so there's not really a, a bathroom it's that like a cool. section of the hotel that's kind of covered by some furniture by a big desk and like a weird mirror but like the shower is kind of open there's a curtain but it's open like if you're sitting on your bed and you look to the right in the shower you see the shower curtain like you can hear the shower um where it's like if you're changing you're basically changing in the middle of the room so we walk in this room very nice hotel very swanky european looking hotel and so it's like all right this is a this is an intimate hotel room but we basically i was like well you know i what do we want from me i said you know one thing that we had in hong kong that was really good we had like the the this what is it what's the what's the word for the duck like what's the style of it of it being cooked peking duck peking duck right yeah okay Mm -hmm. so we had in hong kong it was really good and i was like you know what to end this trip we should try to find some duck right we should see if we can get some peking duck so I remember because we were checking in and the guy was like, hey, you have any questions you can ask us or ask the concierge. And this is the first time I think I've ever done this where I, I've Same. seen like older people do this where they ask the hotel and we try to be cool by like, hey, let's find our own thing and venture around. But I was like, no, you, we want to go to like a legit duck place. And we were thinking it might need a reservation. So we go to the concierge and this guy has to be he spoke perfect english i i almost think he's he's maybe taiwanese lives in the u.s like goes to school in the u.s or something he understood understood what i meant by sus yeah you said sus and he was like oh yeah yeah." i was like oh no this guy totally is he's living in the states or canada somewhere right so we get there and we're like hey so we're just looking for like a duck place and so they're kind of sitting there it's like the the people at the concierge they're kind of like game plan like okay how about this place and they're like oh yeah yeah, let let me make a phone call and then, and then we're like, well, it doesn't have to be fancy. We're happy to do kind of anything. Like, but we just, you know, it'd be helpful to get someone who speaks Chinese 
to be able to get a reservation for us and do all this stuff. Right. And so the guy's like, oh, we called and, you know, they don't have places, but, but we'll find something. Go enjoy your evening. And and, you know, when you come back, you know, we'll, we'll try to make a reservation for you. And the thing that I didn't like, though, that was funny. He was like, oh, do you need a cab? And I was like, no, I'm going to take the train. He was like, what? You're going to take the train? I'm like, bro, it's a train. They, they seemed surprised that we were going to take the train places. Like it was this mythical thing that we couldn't understand. Anyways. So we come back to the hotel room after I forget where we had. It wasn't we didn't have many late, late nights. We had like maybe one or two, no. but we get back at like 11. And there's this beautiful written note under the door that's like, Mr. Nixon, we made a reservation at this place and they don't speak English. But we've made a reservation because, you know, you got to make a reservation for the duck because they basically need to cook it and prepare it. And here are the other sides that we recommend. Here's the cost of those sides. And here's what you should expect to pay by the end of the night. Reservation is at 730. You know, the best way to get there is this. Here's what it's called on Google Maps and in and, and, and traditional Chinese. And that's, and again, it's this note. And I'm like, wow, like they, they legitimately put in the effort to make a reservation, order specifically what we wanted, tell us what else we should order, and then give us a reservation time. So like, I was genuinely excited for this, right? Like I was a little worried, like, oh man, I don't want my expectations to be too high, but I'm genuinely excited for like, they like basically laid out our last meal. So we we then, okay, the, we, the next day comes, and we're like, all right, we're, we're prepared to go to this meal. So we sit down <laughs> and it's like a table that fits eight, right? Yeah. Eight, nine. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a family style. Like, have you ever been to any sort of dim sum or, you know, like, classical family style Chinese restaurant. It's all, um, it, it's basically one of these tables that would be set up with a rotisserie in the middle that could like yeah. go around so you could pass yeah, like a lazy dishes to That's each good. other. Yeah, exactly. That's what kind of thing we're talking about where they would potentially sit more than one group at this table. That's how big the table is. Yeah. So there's two of us and everyone's looking at us like, oh, what's going on here? Because, <laughs> because again, there's no English here. There's none. Right. And I get, th we get there and they're like, oh, Mr. Mr. Nissen or something they said. Yeah, the Nissen. <laughs> yeah, they're like Mr. Nissen. Like, yeah, I, I took a picture of it. N I S O N. It's written on the board. Yeah, it's written on the board in this photo. And he's like, yeah. Mr. Nissen, here's your yeah. table, right? <laughs> and then like she comes over, she starts speaking like Chinese, and I'm I just take out my letter and I'm like these things. And so she's like, oh, yeah. just give me the sheet. She gives me the sheet and she goes, okay, cool. Hands me back the sheet that the hotel wrote, that's got you know Chinese there, and then. <laughs> This board yeah. is so hilarious because hilarious. the only thing written in English, <laughs> and it's not even correct, is your name because name. it's N-I-S-O-N. Otherwise, everything else is all Chinese characters. Yes. And again, the time, right? 14 people, 6.30. 6 people, 6.30. 5 people, yeah. 5.30. 11 people, 6.30. 10 people, 6. 9, 6.30. 2, 7. <laughs> <laughs> so two people at seven o'clock was us. Everyone else was 14 people, six people, five people, 11 people, 10 people, nine people. Right. Yeah, we're so we're at a family style restaurant with the two of us. And the hotel told us in the letter, like, oh, it's a family style, but, you know, you know, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. So they start bringing us out this food. And I think everything we ate there was delicious. Right. And there's a guy kind of in the corner there. He's got the duck. He's walking back and forth across the street. He starts cutting it up. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. The duck's coming. And we killed that duck. We killed a duck that's probably for six people between the oh, two yeah. of us. I've never Hell been yeah. so full in my life. 
but man, was it worth it. You know what? I take it that back. That That's my number three, the duck. I've totally forgot about that, about that wow. whole experience. We're not that, ranking that's probably, We're just saying three things. Yeah, it's it's the coolest it's the coolest experience I've ever had with a hotel going to a restaurant. So that was great. That was great, and I would totally I'd recommend this place, but I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> I'd have to get that letter. I think I, I, I took a photo of the letter. I think it's um, on my map. It's yeah, yeah, map. I took a photo. We so, dear Mister Nixon, we hope you enjoyed your visit to the Shinlin Night Market tonight. We are writing to confirm that we've successfully made a seven p.m. reservation at Michelin recommended Song Chu restaurant tomorrow night, and have also pre-ordered a full duck. However, we want to inform you that customers can only order a full duck, and it typically typically serves five to six people. So if you would like us to cancel that order, please let us know. In addition, the restaurant is very local, so they do not offer an English menu. Therefore, we are going to recommend you a few of the different dishes they have in English and Mandarin so that you can show the waiter what you'd like to order. Here are the other dish dishes. The Hakka stir-fried pork, scallion pancake, lettuce wrap with crab, fried squid balls, fried bread. We'd recommend you ordering all of these in small portions. Furthermore, this restaurant was very difficult to book, so if you do not mind, the spot we reserved is in front of the bathroom. It wasn't even in front of the bathroom. No. That's funny. Also, right, they the accept cash the and debit is... cards. Name of the place is Sung Kitchen. Yeah. So it was awesome. And like they totally like they wrote up this letter. Someone took the time to type this up. Tell us what the order. Shout out to that hotel. I don't remember the name of the hotel. I should probably find it. But that was cool. I will stay there again. Only not with another guy in an open concept bathroom. <laughs> so yeah, that was a little definitely weird. It's a little yeah. intimate. So yeah. Anyways. Also, like the other yeah. the other problem, I don't remember if you said this when you were when you were describing the room though, is that like the 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 tub slash shower was not directly connected to any other place from the like from the bathroom. Like it, no, it was wasn't open. A it was way, in the room. <laughs> but you but you had to take the only way you could do it where you wouldn't have to go from. It's so like you, you wouldn't have to see uh you know my naked ass go from like the bathroom to the to the shower itself was to do this like long yoga stretch <laughs> like a lunge across and when you're pushing like a tall five five like i am like you are like it is it is effort to do that i hope you know to, well, to remain decent well, i just I remember right behind your head in the toilet is like a sliding door to see the rest of the room Why that's the weirdest that? thing i don't know like in <laughs> I don't what know. world in what world would you need to use that like who that's gotta i don't know that, that hotel's gotta be catering to specific fetishes it has to because it's weird it was very weird yeah also um, like i'm just looking at this map here and we missed out a place called meowvelous inc <laughs> so which is right down the street from yoshi bakery um taiwan is cool it's it's the one place on this list that i am definitely going to return to like, I think yeah. I'll return to, you know, but like Busan was awesome. Would love to go when it's not super hot and raining. Jeju Island was awesome. You know, Japan is always awesome. But Taiwan is the place I'm like, oh, I definitely got to come back here. There's more stuff that I feel like I didn't get to see. Yeah, totally. Well, I got one more left. And I'm a bit torn. We've been talking mm -hmm. so much about food that I feel like I got to not talk about food. Mm -hmm. But I kind of do want to talk about food. So, you know, what? screw it. Let's have a brief. I I'll tell you. I'm going to cheat because it's my own damn rules and it doesn't matter. So I was originally going to say my flight back because <laughs> okay. flying because flying a and a the new business class, the room was an experience. It was one of the most ridiculous over the top flight experience I've ever had. And it wasn't even their first class. 
Okay. The, the last time I flew ANA, I flew the actual first class and it was the like previous model. This was an improvement off that. This thing had sliding privacy shutters. I was basically sitting on a, like a small couch to the point where I could, I didn't have to sleep. I didn't have to sit there with my feet on the ground. I literally could have turned 90 degrees, which I did put my feet up and lean against the, the plane window. Right? That's how big this bench was or how wow. small I am. You decide, maybe both. And this is a flight that I was supposed to basically only sleep for no more than four hours so that I wouldn't be so jet lagged. But because it was so comfortable, I ended up sleeping eight of the of the 12 wow. hours of this flight home. So that sucked. But the food was dynamite. The experience was great. And uh, yeah, that flight was great. Now, that's my brief sidebar. Mm -hmm. That's not food related. So I could get to this. When I landed in. In Japan, I wanted to I I got there a day before you did. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I want to book some extravagant shit for myself. Preach so what did stuff. I do? I did. And I booked a Michelin star restaurant for myself. And I've never actually done this before. I've I've had a Michelin star experience once in uh, Sanford in San Francisco earlier earlier this year, and it was great. And now that I got a taste because I did that. And then I went to Manhattan with Greg and that was great. And now I'm like, well, now I know I, this over the top swanky nonsense exists and I should like do it in business more. class. <laughs> it's like flying business class. Like I said, you know, when you live in the single life, you got nothing, nothing to spend your money on, but yourself. It's a little bit self-love, right? That's what we're yep. talking about here. Self-love. And I went to this place. Let me see. I got the name of it so I can. So I'm looking at the Tokyo, menu of it. I'm looking at the menu that you had. I sent you the menu, right? Yes. Just yeah, it, right it's in our photo it here. album. We have a giant photo album. Of oh, I know. I, I'm looking at the menu as well. I just want to find the name of it here. It's okay. It's Makiyaki, Makiyaki Ginza Onodera. Okay. It's in Ginza, which is already, we stayed in Ginza, not far from this place. And I booked this after I booked the hotel. I didn't, I didn't even know this place existed until about a week before I went out there. And I was like so concerned with just any flight delays, but I made the reservation yet to pay like in advance, that kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And I made it. This place is so good. The, the courses, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven courses. Now that's inclusive of dessert. So the last three courses were desserts. Course one, sakura shrimp seaweed waffle. That's a small amuse bouche with sakura shrimp on a seaweed waffle. This thing was delicious. Any you want to you want to be after my heart. You give me something. You either give me pancakes or pan, something that's pancake adjacent like a waffle. Look, they I'm, I'm telling you right now, if there's any women out here listening and they're single and they're looking for mm -hmm. a husband, and you can mm -hmm. make some pancakes. That's all you got to do. And this man will take care of you for the rest of your life. <laughs> what are you talking about? I could make pancakes. No, this is my point. But if you found someone that goes, you don't have to make pancakes, baby. I'll make pancakes for you. Whatever pancake you want, I can do. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'd be in for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See? All right. So next up. <laughs> and that was every one of these was delicious. Goes without saying. Next up, corn caviar. This sounds crazy. But it was fire grilled corn, corn mousse, and caviar. Because obviously, if you're at a Michelin star restaurant, you have to have caviar. That's probably a rule. I don't know why, but it just but, shows but up. Remember, though, the duck place we ate as well that I just described is also also has a Michelin star. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so not necessarily a rule, but, but maybe in Japan it's the rule. 
did we see the caviar? No, it's a rule. Every place I've been to, that's it's three for three. I guess it might have had caviar. We couldn't read the menu. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It might be on the menu, but any okay. Let me rephrase. If you have a tasting menu, yes, absolutely, you have to have caviar. Okay, I'm in for whatever reason. I agree. This this corn mousse was awesome. You know, I I respect a creative use of corn. Corn mousse is this this was a very surprising and delicious dish, and it was great. Next, I'm going to kind of burn through these. We had squid, cucumber, fresh ginger. That's one dish. Then sweet fish and zucchini, tile fish, green pepper. At this point, by the way, they're just giving you courses. Like this isn't like you're getting a little tiny piece of fish that, you know, three bites and you're done. No, 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 no. They're giving you what would be like an entree in other in any other restaurant. Then they gave you uh, then it was Yamagata Wagyu beef tenderloin. So basically just threw a, a full Wagyu steak at me that was cool um it's not on the menu but at some point the guy basically pulled out some bread and he's like yeah i make this bread (laughs) (laughs) of course you do (laughs) so yeah yeah, exactly so so i tried this warm bread i'm like well this is delicious with some butter and um and then i finished that slice and he's like do you want another one i was like oh no didn't realize that was an option and this is like somewhere between some of those fishes fishes fish you get it between the two yep. fish and um and i was like yeah i kind of do but i shouldn't but screw it i'm on vacation let's do it so i had like another slice of that bread then it was pigeon with american sherry also very good and at this point like i'm full okay i am this many dishes in plus the two slices of bread and i'm like god damn i cannot i can't believe it there's still more because the first time i went to a michelin star restaurant i was with uh I was with my boss and this was, and he's like, when I do these, I basically take the menu, flip it upside down. So that way everything's a surprise. And I love that. I'm like, that's great. So that's what I did here. I turned it upside down and I didn't look at this thing once until it was over. Oh, look at and, that. Look and I was like, you. I don't know where we're at, but I'm full and surely we must be reaching the end. What does he do? Next dish, noodles. Guy literally makes me a bowl of ramen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're still, how you doing over there? You full? You're about to kill over? Buckle up. We're going to fill in the gaps. It's like, oh, great. Delicious. Everything up until this point was awesome. Now we're finally done with the savory stuff. Now it's time for the sweet stuff. I didn't mention it. This restaurant, one of the gimmicks of it is that there is this giant bonfire in the back of it, like right across. It's not a big place. So there's this giant bonfire going, and that's where they do a lot of the cooking on. So the steak was cooked over the over this bonfire and then like a bunch of these things were cooked over it to varying degrees. So the first dessert course was actually a, uh, it was marshmallow. It was uh, the guy's like a marshmallow topping. I put that in quotes. I don't think it's real marshmallow. I think it's a similar marshmallow <laughs> topping I made when I made uh, s'mores pancakes. Yeah. It's like a fluff. It's like a marshmallow fluff, right? Yes, exactly. Like he a, takes a yeah. seasonal fruit, coats it in marshmallow. I'm, I'm watching the video of this. I, I had to mute this. Sorry. I got distracted because it started playing the audio. I had to yeah, mute quickly. the browser. Quickly I'm watching the... this guy. He is mar- he is mo- he is no, roasting a piece of fruit that is dipped in marshmallow fluff. Exactly, and then he and gives boy, you that, just, a, just a one bite. Oh, it's so good! Next up, cheesecake. Not just any kind of cheesecake. Basque cheesecake, which I which I love. That's like the one with the burnt top. Oh man, give me a slice of that <laughs> stuff. And then finally, some roasted green tea. And you might say, well, that's not a course of a meal. But no, he served it with about four hojicha uh, bonbons. And my God, 
if that guy just gave me like a hundred of those things, I probably would still want more because wow, they were, uh, were fucking amazing. So that was, uh, that was my first meal in Tokyo. That's, That's how you started off. That's how I ended started. with you ended with a family style duck. <laughs> yeah. And if you had to ask me which one I liked better, probably couldn't tell you. Yeah, they were both absolute dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's the best part about traveling to these places. If you if you genuinely are if you genuinely love food and I mean that as in like you enjoy tasting different things. And I would say that's definitely you more than me. Right. Like, I think I've learned that over time where I could kind of eat the same thing every single day. I don't dislike food, obviously. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not necessarily like I'm not necessarily going to jump at trying some weird fruit or some weird candy coated thing. But man, traveling to these places sure does. If you really get into it, you taste some amazing stuff that's either from a street cart or from some Michelin star restaurant. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. And um, yeah, so that was uh, any other. Oh, I do want to also any other honorable mentions that you want to say real quick. And then uh, I'm looking through the camera roll. Um, I got again, had one. A, yeah, I got had one a lot of nice cocktail bars, but yeah, go for it. Ryan, we got to shout out Ryan. To, oh yeah, I was like Ryan. Who the heck is Ryan? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. want to, you want to say who Ryan is? Tell, tell well, look, I mean, I I fell in love with with finding stickers like a fourteen year old girl, and I yeah. I'm not ashamed about it at all. <laughs> um, and we we found basically specifically in Korea because I think Korea is known for this more of just using branding of giant tech corporations with cute characters so line <laughs> friends right line friends i think a lot of people in america maybe know line friends now more than than in previous years and yep. we've talked about sort of the cute little kawaii characters being used to like tell you like don't put your hand in the subway door and it's like a cute little mm-hmm. character but this specifically is like in south korea there's a group called the cacao friends yep and they're everywhere <laughs> and the cacao friends ryan who i thought was a bear and Ryan, is a you mainless, will not convince yeah. me that's not a bear. It's a mainless it's, lion. It's a bear. <laughs> it's, it's a lion bear. with no hair. Look at that thing. It's a bear. It is a bear. It's a it's a mainless lion. He was everywhere. Mm-hmm. He had his own his own uh, little by the beach. He had his own little beachside little downstairs yeah, like thing. Underground bunker. With yeah, a underground bar bunker and like a mini beach. experience. Had a, had a big flagship store in Seoul. I own so many stickers of this thing. <laughs> I don't really know why. I'm not going to stick them on anything. I don't know. I got to when, when I move to Vancouver, I can start putting them on stuff and then have some 14 year old Korean girl come up to me and talk, tell me her favorite line friend um, yeah. or her favorite cacao friend. Cacao so, yeah, that, that was good because that was fun to hunt for. That was like a fun little side quest of this trip of like, oh, there's a cacao thing. Let's go take a look at this. We found one in Taiwan. They only had Taiwan, and I got the magic box. That little character is sitting on my uh, sitting on my desk right now. I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that, that's a good honorable mention. That was fun. Um, I'm trying to think again. A lot of good Korean food. A lot of Korean barbecue. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of it. Like again, like it's just great. Like I yeah. think there's so many things to mark on. And look, this might be the last time we ever do a trip to this random of a scale sure um that, that's again i say say almost i said maybe because it took us what four years to do this again because our plan was well i remember i made the great suggestion of going to russia <laughs> that ain't gonna happen mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was good it's a good way to sort of cap off five trips to this region of the world before possibly spending time especially if being in vancouver 
even though I'd argue Japan is just as close to Vancouver as it is to New Zealand. But what's also very mm-hmm. close is more Europe, more stuff that we've not seen, like Spain and Italy and and you know Scandinavian countries and stuff. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a good trip. Well, yeah, it was great. It was good stuff. I'll quickly just say. I've been to a few other places since then. So I here's a fun fact that I've been relaying a bunch of uh, times. I haven't been home for more than five nights in a row since June. Wow. And we are recording this on August 28th. And that will continue until September 8th. <laughs> so almost two weeks from now. Yeah. So... Uh, less than a week after I got back from Japan, I went to this is the longest stretch I was back was I went down to uh, Ocean City, New Jersey with my family. So I was down there at the beach. The trip was interrupted briefly as I went back to New York to do a small video games conference at uh, convention in video games, New York, where we showed off some games and did a kind of a trial run for PAX, which will be happening this weekend, this coming weekend in Seattle. So that's where I'll be this, uh, I leave for that on Thursday, but so I was down ocean city for about two weeks with a break in between, but wasn't on vacation, worked remote. So that was, that was good. And then just like a little bit of a change of scenery, didn't eat as much ice cream as I did the last trip, which is probably for the best. And let's see after that second week found out. Uh, so when I was in New York, my, my boss kind of posed to me an interesting question. He said, Hey, do you want to go to Vegas next week? And to which I said almost immediately, yes, I like Vegas. (laughs) I haven't been to Vegas since 2019 when I went to a hockey tournament and played for the under the team, the Hooters Hotel and Casino. And yeah, I'm down to go to Vegas. So when I got back, I got back from the beach on a Saturday. And then on Sunday, I went to Vegas for three nights where I stayed at the Flamingo Hotel. I was there for work for a, um, it's like a conference. I can't really say too much about it, I guess, but it was basically showing off a couple of games that we're releasing later this year. And, um, but the important part is Vegas, all, all the greatest hits are still there, at least for me. I, I went to Joe Stone Crab, got myself some delicious stuff. Uh, the, the best, still probably the best key lime pie on the planet. And uh, Ellis Island Casino and Brewery. The the went there the first morning for breakfast. Got the New York Strip and eggs special, ten bucks, which was cheaper than the next morning when I got Starbucks oatmeal and green tea, <laughs> which just goes to show. Vegas also had a great, uh, had some decent gambling luck, um, played with one of the played, uh, blackjack with one of the dumbest players I've ever seen <laughs> ever. So how familiar are you with, uh, are you, you're familiar with blackjack, right? Like, yeah. We went to that. Remember we went to that counting cards class together. It's like one of the last things I did in New York. What? Were you with me when we did that? We went to like a cart, a cow carting class. No. I thought you were with me. Nope, that wasn't me. You sure? That was the other, that was the other guy. Yeah. Uh, are you yeah. sure? Yep. I would have remembered okay. this. Yeah. Yeah. So 
It was definitely with hockey people, though. Maybe you, maybe you were gone because I could have sworn you were there. If you would have asked me a thousand times, I would have said you went to that thing with us. Maybe I don't know. I, that doesn't sound like a thing I did. Where was that? It was in New Besides York. New York. Yeah, I got that. That's part. all I remember. <laughs> That's all I remember. Oh. It was in New York somewhere. Who else could have possibly been there? Give me, give me time. I believe Drew was there. Drew might remember this. That sounds right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this doesn't sound like a thing I did because. Yeah, I've never done a counting card class. But anyways, yes, I'm aware of black. I'm aware of was black. I was I hit over the head at some point during the night? No, I remember <laughs> it was I thought it was you. But anyways, continue. Yeah, okay. This guy, okay, so basically there's they have this new side bet at uh, at least new to me. I haven't seen it before. Uh on a lot of these tables where you can after all the hands, after all the cards are dealt before the first person goes to say, you know, for the first person goes, you can put down a side bet for um, for two to one odds that the dealer will bust. And this is after you've seen the dealer's card, right? Right. So obviously, you see the dealer is a five, uh, four, five, six. Those are bust cards. So, you know, you probably put down that that bet up to the amount that you've bet your original on. To give you a sense of how dumb this guy is, okay? Dealer shows a six. This guy's got a 14. Okay. Now, the general rule of thumb, for those not familiar with, you know, how blackjack is played. If a dealer shows a four, five, six, that's considered a bus card, which means the odds are they're going to bust. And -hmm. if you are at any risk of busting, you don't, you just stay. It doesn't matter if you have a 12, 13, 14, you stop. You can hit a soft 17. Hell, you could double on a soft 17 in those odds. But for the most part, you do nothing. This guy had a 14. And he hits and busts. But he also put money down on the side bet (laughs) so he knew that the odds were that this dealer was gonna bust yeah like what (laughs) and this guy also doubled down on like nines and tens against nines and tens it, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So this guy basically plays, loses, leaves. And then it's just me and the dealer. I'm the only one left at this table. And it's me and the dealer just talking shit about this guy <laughs> for like 10 <laughs> minutes while I just go on a run, win $150, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Yeah, I... I, maybe That's the guy's stuff. there for tax reasons. Maybe he's trying to lose money. I, n- no, the guy left. Yeah, and then he went to the table right next to ours. And I'm like, <laughs> and she was just like, he is so stupid. <laughs> That's what she kept saying. Like, just talking shit about this guy leading in. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, did you see him hit that 14? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. She's like, what a dumb person. I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can't explain it. It's like, but I really, I'm like, yeah, I know. And we, yeah, it was hilarious. It was good times. Tipped her. <laughs> tipped her big took 150 bucks stuff. and left exactly it's way to do like it every, it was like one of those tables where it's like you know i kept building a pile where it's like i'm keeping this and then that pile got bigger and i'm like i'm keeping this and then that pile got bigger and i'm like i'm keeping this and they're just like i'm gonna play to a loss and then yeah it was it was good stuff 
it was it was a good way to uh it was a good time so vegas was good um even for that brief amount of time it was great um you know some people hate on vegas i love it i love it for same vegas reason i love fine. any other city i like the, vegas the, just has the, a time, time limit for me of all the places yeah. i've ever been it's got a time limit where i'm just like but, eventually it's just like there's nothing to do but gamble and drink and i'm good the thing about vegas is it's a good it's a collection of some of the best things from around the world food wise all yeah. put in walking distance of each other and it's pretty great thing, now, i didn't pay like for the last it? time yes. i went vegas was so expensive yeah so exactly just, well that's yeah i'm just like yeah starbucks it's, is a, a great yeah. example better example is didn't tie fun i was like oh they got one of these i'm gonna go for lunch even though it's it was just a, the original right. one like three weeks prior but yeah. <laughs> i was like it's so good i want to go back and it was the most expensive yeah it was like more three expensive. times the price of what we paid in Taiwan. Yeah. I only got like three things and it was like more expensive than our whole meal of like, yep. I don't know, 15 courses in yeah. Taiwan. It was crazy. So did that. But, you know, Joe's, which is a, you know, didn't I fun being, you know, now it's a chain. So it's kind of everywhere. So it's not as exciting. But then you have, um, you know, Joe's Stone Crab where there's only a handful of locations, but primarily it's in uh, like South Beach or Miami. Then, you know, went to um, what is it? Hattie B's, which is Nashville hot chicken. Um, yeah, it, it was just like. It's it's just really good stuff. There's an awesome uh, Mexican place that I went to in um, in the Venetian because that's where this convention was where I needed to go to. And yeah, it was just it was just fun. Stayed at the Flamingo, which is not good, but has nostalgia. But man, worst internet in a hotel ever. Yeah. I was just like I, to the point where I messaged the concierge and I said, "Hey, um, is there anywhere I could do better internet? Like, I'll pay for it." And she's like, "No, this is the best we could do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best we got. Sorry." Fair enough. Um, so anyway, that was then was Vegas. And then so landed in Vegas on the Wednesday. And then on Sunday, I left for Germany, where I was for a week and got back yesterday. So I was in Germany for Gamescom, which is the biggest video game convention in the world. E3 may be dead, but Gamescom is thriving. And this thing is huge. Hmm. Um, they actually have and this this convention center it's in cologne germany this is my first time in germany cologne germany has like it's like it's a pretty cool town i guess like it you know old german stuff what i've learned is that germany was basically bombed to oblivion and yeah. all this stuff here is completely rebuilt but it's rebuilt to look old so it's a little nostalgic and not really much to talk about as far as the food scene goes like this is going to kind of hard pivot and uh because schnitzel fine sausage fine uh beer fine i did have banana beer funny story about that i'm hanging out with some uh with some polish guys that i know and um they so we're, we're doing the beers i'm like ah eh, whatever the guy's like oh you know we do a uh you try this banana beer i'm like what's that he's like oh yeah it's like banana cream in in the beer in like a wheat beer I'm like oh that sounds interesting he's like yeah you should try it i'm like i try it cool try it. i'm like oh it's actually pretty good and then this other guy comes around like this other server and i said hey what do you think of the banana beer? And he makes his face like, oh, gross. No, thank you. I was like, okay, I guess he doesn't like it. And then the other, the original guy, the server who told me to get it comes back. And I said, hey, your buddy doesn't like the, uh, he's not a fan of the banana beer. You like it though, right? He's like, no, I don't like it either. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, got, got some schnitzel, got some strudel, got some sausage, got some kolsch. That's the, that's the beer where they, just basically keep giving you beers until you don't want them anymore. Yeah. And did you get a pretzel? It, it, you know what? I didn't. I did not oh. get a pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. Never really. I mean, I guess I saw them. I had a bunch of pastries. 
didn't get a pretzel of everything whatever i saw i just i guess i got something else instead yeah when i think of germany i don't think of food i think of beer but i don't mm -hmm. think of food yeah and uh there's a reason because it's, yeah. it's uh just meat and bread yep exactly yeah. so i mean look first meal i got in germany was like a shrimp salad <laughs> so that's the problem because like... like it's still western world right like there's not that old school you know let's cook this thing from a different time that you've never tasted before it's like Oh yeah, here's some beer and meat and bread that you could get at a German pub in the U.S. That's probably better. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, the show is great. It was very cool. This thing is so huge. The convention center is in Cologne, and this thing is enormous. And and just when you think, oh, this thing's not that bad, then it's like, oh, here's another hall. The convention they divide this thing up into all these different halls, and there's a first and there's a top and bottom floor to them. So you have like three point one, three point two, ten point one, ten point two. And two of them are completely reserved for just B2B stuff. And that's where I was probably most of the time, but then heading out into the B2C and just seeing how that goes to the, the crowds at this place was madness. This was like pre 2020 pre Pando gloves off mm. swimming through people. It was, I mean, it was great to see, to be honest. And it was. It was cool, good from a business perspective. I mean, it was great to be back at one of these conventions. Cool to, it was at the biggest one. We had a couple games on display. We showed off Days of Doom and uh, Mr. Run and Jump, which Mr. Run and Jump released since uh, since we came out, since uh, since we left recorded, and it's an awesome platformer. So if anybody wants to check that out, do it. And uh, Days of Doom was also on display, which comes out soon. And yeah, overall, good trip. Then went spent uh, spent a night in Frankfurt. Um, just kind of explored the town, hopped on a scooter, drove around, looked at some churches, lots of churches. Apparently, Germany has uh, the most tall churches in the world. Huh. I wouldn't have and guessed that. I don't know why I would have guessed somewhere else, like Italy, because of the Roman Catholic Church. But yeah, I guess there's enough. You know, Christianity is why is far and wide. So, yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah, honestly, not too much else to say about Germany. It was decent to see. It's um, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Germany, that's it. And now I'm here, and Seattle is next. So that's where I'll be between now and. But the, you, you've had a heck of a summer, summer vacation. Recording. That's not a vacation either. That's work. It's all work. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You've had a heck of a summer vacation. You got paid for it. Pretty good. Let me, uh, I'm going to piss you off real quick though. Uh, one of the last things I had in Germany was in Frankfurt and I was at, um, I was at my hotel. I was killing time, waiting for some people to, uh, to meet up with for, for dinner. And I was just waiting and I'm like, you know what? I'm sitting in my hotel. I've already done my scoot, scoot around or scooter to boot as it were. And I was like, what do we got around here? Where can, you know what I want to know? I want to know, can I get matcha in Frankfurt, Germany? And sure enough about one block away from me there is a uh there was a little cafe and i'm gonna send you a picture now and this is what i got from that cafe and this picture is very big so there we go okay here we go now i will describe it as you look at this picture and be disgusted it is a oh it's not even through yet did it come through there it is yeah, it's there. okay it is an iced matcha and they had no problem understanding what i was asking for which is rare because it, this is a very rare thing to find in Europe. One, ice. <laughs> they don't do it. Okay. Fun fact, Lufthansa Airlines, that's what I flew back. 
and they, I, I got a seltzer and they said, and do you want ice? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. One cube. They put one ice cube. cube. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a very medium. It was a very medium sized. If did, I could, did she just generous. drop it with her hand? No, he used the he used okay. <laughs> one one. It was a man. All right, it okay. was a German man. He had tongs. <laughs> it was a German man with tongs, and he had and he dropped a one ice cube in this drink. <laughs> so that's rare. One ice, two unsweetened tea. Crazy. Mm. Combined in a cold drink, unheard of. Throughout Europe and New Zealand, because they've infected you. They've infected your people. Now that you're one of those people, I could say you people, and I yeah. mean New Zealand people, Kiwis. Um, yeah. So it was this ice green tea, a matcha donut, <laughs> and matcha dango. At that, at about seven o'clock before eating dinner at about nine thirty. Good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Well, again, you yep. have you have had enough matcha to <laughs> to feed Uji. <laughs> You've had enough matcha over the yeah, last so. over the last. Have you been carrying your little packets with you? Your little crack packets of matcha. Crack crack inside of water bottles. I've watched <laughs> this. I've watched this in person. He cracks two of these things open like it's a magical serum. Puts it into his water, shakes it vigorously, and then and then proceeds to drink this over 10, 15 minutes. And then he's like, "I'm back." <laughs> so that's, that's... <laughs> yeah 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 uh yes i did i had them on me i used them because uh not only that you know what i've realized as well through all my european travel mineral water is terrible tastes yeah, not good tastes bad no nope. yeah. good i'm glad we, i'm glad we agree on this i was yeah. worried you'd be like eh, it's not that bad no it's bad german tap water tastes funny but it's allegedly healthy so that's fine <laughs> um and by healthy i mean like not you know it's not flint so I, um, yes, I, I have used packets. I've now out of my supply that I got in Japan. I think wow, I have you bought like, so many of those things. I think I have six. I bought 50. Uh, well, yeah, I bought 50 from the, uh, from Ipodo and I realized I should have probably bought a hundred. <laughs> yes. You probably should have bought a crate and put it in a separate bag on your way home. <laughs> <laughs> just filled all the suitcase and just shipped that back home. Uh, yeah, I should, probably should have done that, but I didn't. So, yeah, I've gone through all that, and I actually just ordered. Like, I bought I bought the Chinese stuff again because the price is right and it's decent. So now, to I got be that, fair, so have I have for, learned uh, for Seattle that the water bottle does serve a purpose because I bought some matcha, and as I've mm -hmm. tried to use it, you really need that whisk. If you want it hot, yeah. Yeah, because I, I want to drink it hot. And you really need the whisk. Because without the whisk, it doesn't dissolve right. Now, I've also, I, I think what I'm going to try is majority hot water. But, like, mix it, like, a little bit in a water bottle first to shake it. Mm. And then pour it into the, the hot water. So, at least it dissolves. Why don't you just um, get your technique right? I mean, I need, I need a whisk. I need a proper matcha whisk. So, go get one. Which I don't have. I'll get, that'll be your wedding gift from me. I'm trying to stop buying stuff. So send it to Vancouver. I'll drink more matcha when I'm in okay. Vancouver. Great. Um, I just don't want to buy it now. Cause now oh yeah, because there's like an actual matcha accessory where you like put it inside this black thing and it shakes it it's up. It's a bowl. Yeah, you got like a little bowl. 
No, it's like an actual like a weird shaker thing that you can buy. But I was like, I gotta stop buying stuff as you're trying to move. Well, it's like the time you just stop buying stuff because you're like, anything I buy, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take with me. Yeah. Hey, let so. me ask you something. Uh, what would you do in this situation? I get home, and this is um, is in my lobby. So oftentimes, this is. I don't know if this is just a New York thing or if this is like is it a, a body? Because <laughs> that's definitely just um, a New York thing. Sorta. Oh God. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It's funny you said that. So this is. Um, I just sent you a picture. This is. This was in my. <laughs> that's totally yeah. a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a. It's basically a headless female mannequin. It's Where got. It's missing uh, at least one hand. No, both hands. Both hands are missing. Yeah. It's got its feet though. And it's, yeah, it's made for weird, like, like it's like made for clothes. It's like it's made for someone doing like alterations right. to clothes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's got like some funky uh, psoriasis on the on the elbows. You know. Yeah, like, you should. Bend, you like, should. Like you should take psoriasis. And, what, what would you, and, why would in, I take? Uh, like, okay, what? What would you do? Would you take one? Would you take it? Sure. Why not? I mean, if you want to be artsy, why not? Why put yes? Some, put some clothes on it. Put your jacket on it. Cover and up. Then what? And then it's in your oh, house. It's oh, it's cold. It must be cold on the floor. Why don't you come up to my room and throw a check? <laughs> I don't know. If I had a room for a mannequin, I'd, I'd, I'd put a mannequin in here. Not now, but when I move, if you want to be, uh, you know, creative and eclectic, it's a great talking piece. Where'd you get the mannequin from? Well, let me tell you. I found it on the, the floor of my hallway. That's the end of the story. But that's funny. I said dead body, and this is the closest thing to a dead body. I think this is yeah. This is the it's the closest thing to legally being a dead body that yeah. I could put in my apartment. Yeah, so that thing's there. I'm not taking it. You know what the thing is? It's not so much the the fun and novelty of having a mannequin in my apartment because that's yeah, I could see that being fun. But it would also scare the shit out of me every time I went into my apartment and saw this yeah. thing. Like, I'd freak out. Like, holy yeah. shit. Every time you see a shadow as well, it'd be like, oh, yeah. There's a person in my house. Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck that. I'm out. But enough of that shit. Let's do some media therapy real quick. Because you said you've watched a lot of stuff. I have. I've watched you've a lot of not good a stuff. Lot of media. Yes, not good because, stuff. Well, yeah. I've watched some stuff that was not good. <laughs> like, there's no other way to put it. Like, I've watched it sure. and it's not great. But I've watched it and I'm happy I've watched it. Um, mm -hmm. so I've watched a lot of movie and television where do you want me to start with one or the other? What's your choice? Um, I'm, I'm going to rapid fire this. So we don't spend all day going through this. Let's do TV. Cause I haven't watched any TV. I guess okay. did it, when the hell did secret invasion and did I finish that one? Not watched it, but, um, let me, I'm let me assuming... summarize secret. Let me, let yeah. me summarize secret invasion. Cause I've summarized all the, the, I've talked about all the Marvel shit on this, uh, on this podcast in some form or another after I see it, because I watch it. Everything's like just the Marvel show at this point. Uh, Secret Invasion is easily the worst thing they've ever put out. It was terrible, <laughs> and I hated it by the time I was done. There's your Secret Invasion review. Bad. All right. Bad out of 10. Yeah. Go. Bad out of 10. All righty. Bad. Bad out of 10. And honestly, I was bummed because I, the first half, I was like, this is good. And then by the end of it, I just thought, nope, you fucked it up. This is real bad. Like, really really bad <laughs> it's like no thought was gone into why this thing should exist and uh yeah there you it's go funny. i think the last tv show i've watched had to be what uh she hulk hmm. and i don't Which think i, I finished it either no, i, I really like she hulk she hulk yeah. was fun yeah and See, if they did it like that where it good. could exist on its own or not exist on its own then that would have been ideal like she hulk 
doesn't really need any other relation to the MCU. You know, there's like two mentions here and there. Cool. Yeah. And it was fun. It was a fun romp and it exists as a TV show. This thing, if they actually want this thing to be part of the whole MCU thing, I it's stupid, man. It's dumb. It's like at the end of Eternals where a giant thing appears out of the ocean and it's like, yeah, we're never going to talk about this again. And you're just like, well, that's like a world changing event. Like, yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. We're just, it's fine. That's kind of what happens at the end of this thing. And then you think about it for like five seconds and everything about it is just a complete mess. I've never, I've never seen any mess quite like this before. Like how you spend, you know, however much time, four hours of time to get to one of the most nonsensical things that completely disregards everything up until this point. It was, it was shit. It was trash. Bad out of 10. I stand by. Yeah. Bad out of 10. All right. Well, I haven't watched that. There's Mm -hmm. three things I want to talk about. I've watched. Yeah. (laughs) What's that? I said, don't. Yeah. I won't. I won't watch it. I'm good. All right. Good. The first thing that I've watched to completion, and this is because I would say it's something that we didn't talk about was the women's world cup. Right. Oh, I I became completely engrossed in it. I went to three World Cup games. The Women's World Cup was taking place here in New Zealand and Australia. So they had a bunch of games like down the street from us. So I went to three games. I went to the U.S. game that they tied. I went to a New Zealand game that they lost. And I watched Spain and Japan. I watched Japan or no, I watched Japan and Norway, excuse me. And I watched Japan beat the beat the hell out of Norway. It was great. Hmm. Um, and then Japan went on to lose. But anyway, yeah, short, short-lived glory. So, so I had a little soccer thing going on, and I watched, football. I watched, uh, yeah, football, soccer, whatever. Mm-hmm. I watched. Welcome to Wrexham. Are you aware of what this is? Yeah, that's the like the real life Ted Lasso, but with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, it's Ryan Reynolds, Again, and it's showing, and it's the dude. Ev- it's absolutely one of the, everything. Yeah. It's one of the dudes from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I have no idea this dude's name, and they joke about it all the time of, like, this dude is – he's not Ryan Reynolds, basically. It's like Ryan Reynolds and his friend is. <laughs> but the guy's, like, a legitimate – like, he's the reason why this exists. He's, like, a legitimate – he, like, wrote, you know, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, he's the co-creator of it. He's in the show. He's done some other – like, he's he's not a nobody, but no one can remember what his name is because he's – Oh, it's the guy Ryan who plays Reynolds. Mac, Rob Mac, Rob McElhinney. Yeah, exactly. So he, it's him who convinces Ryan Reynolds that the two of them should do this, right? So the premise of this is that they basically buy uh, an English football team. It's actually a Welsh football team. And they're going to try to get this team up into the highest league of, of football in that country. So it was super interesting, right? Because I'm like, all right, Ryan Reynolds is fine. He's just kind of the he he is who he plays in movies. Like that's the that's the we, I don't know if it's weird. It's just like Ryan Reynolds is exactly who you think he is. Like yeah. I don't think it's much of an act. It's like it's just toned down version of him is what he is. Uh, the more extravagant version of him is what he plays in every character he's in, and his real life that. is just a toned down version of that. It's just a toned down version of him. But it's super interesting because like it's a bunch of like people take this stuff super seriously in the UK of like football is life. It's like these people are nuts. And so it goes through sort of the history of the club and they're starting to play games and they like start showing up to to games and like the other team is like is like chanting and cursing. Like it's really interesting. So I think if you're interested in like documentary style stuff and you and again it is it's like ted lasso but real and not as like friendly goofy um i highly recommend it again i'm not some giant football fan but i just found it interesting of two americans or an american and a canadian 
by an English, uh, you know, a UK football team and kind of what goes into the process of running a football club. So I watched that. I loved it. Um, I think the next episodes are coming out soon because apparently like they actually did end up getting promoted to the next league because it's all, you know, they're filming it as it's happening. And so right. like it was big, it was a big sports news story that now there will be a, a you know, a next season of this show to come out to show what happened. Um, so yeah, I think if you're interested in football in any sort of real life sports stuff, this is a hundred percent worth watching. I highly recommend it. Cool. The other thing that I started watching is a show called the bear. Oh yeah. Okay. So this I've show seen, is, one I actually of those, did watch the yeah. first six episodes of this with okay. my family while at the beach. So what I would say is this is <laughs> we're millennials are going to be insufferable. Oh boy. And like, like, just like imagine 20 years from now, you know, like everyone's like, oh, boomers and Generation X, they're awful. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why capitalism is going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. We're getting real close to that as as like millennials, right? As people like in their early to mid to now late 30s. And the way that we glorify kind of like, I- I'm going to say it like blue collar things. Like there's sort of this romanticism of like down with the government. Let's all be chefs. And let's show how like awful but yet glorious it is to be a chef because there's a bunch of millennials who have like who are, I mean, you know, people we just finished talking about food for the last hour, right? Yeah, of like delicious. we'll go spend hundreds of dollars on meals and that's kind of where we get our enjoyment versus, you know, buying property and investments and trying to conquer the world, right? Like, well, we can't like, afford oh, that. Yes. But what we can't afford is to eat at Michelin star restaurants and have these people serve us food. It's different. <laughs> so I, I no, enjoy no. the show. There, here's the yeah. problem. Yeah. You can't just say that like that is actually comparable, right? That's like the it's not comparable, but we're but it, we're insufferable when it comes to like to yeah. like artisan things, right? It's like, like the congressman are. is like if these if these people would stop ordering lattes, then maybe they could afford to buy a yes, house. It's that's, like that's dumb ridiculous. fuck. You gotta own like <laughs> you gotta have like hundreds of thousands of dollars, all right, to do that. For if I if I wanted to actually rent an apartment in New York that was one bedroom, I would have to pay more than my take home income per month. All right, so you can't throw that comparison out there just willy nilly. All right, seems, and there was like an actual <laughs> government who said that. Okay, so yeah, I'll spend two hundred dollars on a meal because I have the money to do it. I literally cannot rent an apartment in New York for the money that they charge. So it seems like I done hit a rant. <laughs> and, and and tell this me, show... where's the lie? Where's the lie? There's <laughs> not. A... <laughs> There's not a lot. And look, this is not what this show is about, but it sort of is is sort of like so the explain the premise of this show. This is a, a Michelin star chef who mm-hmm. comes back home to Chicago to run his brother's restaurant after his brother commits suicide. Yep. Like that that's the premise of the show. Yep. And so it's soaked in sort of Midwestern blue collar. We're all just trying to make it here. And that's very New York. It wasn't a very Chicago accent, but you get the point, right? Like it's big city. Yeah. This guy who was and like they cut into like how this how he's got PTSD because you know working in a Michelin star restaurant is like you're getting yelled at and people calling you worthless and you know being a chef is hard because you know it's so intense that someone's gonna hit you with a frying pan. Like Gordon Ramsay is always there. It's like that. That's what it is, right? Like we've for whatever reason our relationship with food is like this pain is love thing, right? Where it's like it's so great, but it's got to be so painful in the process, and we have to show you that it's painful because making med- amazing food and culinary experiences comes with you know pain soul crushing ptsd and like all of that stuff right 
So right. I enjoy the show because there's some like fun moments in it. Like yeah, his cousin is funny. The characters are good and it's good character building. But I think we're going to keep this is where millennials are headed. We're going to keep making shows that are about things that are like real life to try and prove to the rest of the world that the things that we love are just as important as some of the other stuff that we don't love. It's like working with your hands and blue collar like that's 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 important and here's why it's hard and it's like we're going to make TV shows that are going to get critically acclaimed about it. Like it's just, it's just our thing. It's what we do. It's the shows we gravitate toward. So I enjoy we've it. Always, we've always done this. This has been the case in Cheers, except there was a lot less profanity. Yeah, but, but but yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it's the gritty version of Cheers, where Cheers is like, hey, it's all fun. We're running a bar, and here's like running a bar is pain. Don't you understand how painful it is? It's that in television. Like that's the difference. Like it's not just like, hey, we're cooking food. It's like we're cooking food, but don't you understand that I've got trauma and I'm I need therapy and and, and I'm an addict and all. Like it's all of these. Like it's like throw all of the things that make life hard into a show, and then also like show awesome food and show craft and creativity and all of that. Like there's a pretentiousness in it that it's trying to tell us that it doesn't have, but it does have it. <laughs> so again, I'm saying this as an, it's not that it's bad. It's just, I'm realizing like, this is what millennial TV is. Like we don't make right. that quirky comedy anymore. Like it's got to come with some type of message about suicide and addiction and, and in trauma. It can't just be like, Hey, I'm cooking food and ooh, I'm a popular chef, but now I'm running a, I'm running a, you know, a, a fast food joint. It's like, it doesn't come with that silliness anymore. But um, but we have that stuff already. That's why. Do you know, we? Gotta, Give me an example of go. that. With what's well, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying hmm. we have the previous stuff. That's why this is the newer stuff. And then in a few years, we'll get something else that's new. Maybe it'll even cyclically go back to the. Yeah, I, I think Generation Z and and younger are going to be real tired of millennials. We're going to be insufferable. As, right, and like, then the next thing. Yeah. So then you're going to get all the goofy shit like. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's like none of this matters. The planet's dying. Yay. It's, you're going to get a lot of that soon. Yeah, you're going to go back to um, what is it? Um, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. And then millennials are going to be like, mm, you don't understand the pain. We got screwed by our parents. It's that. Right? Like, it's, it's gonna be oh, that. my God. Old millennials. Make that. <laughs> yeah, like we're, we, that we are insufferable as a group. We're, we're, we're insufferable. And I, look, I'm, I'm starting to just I'm just I'm going to lean into it. We I get why a younger generation is like, you guys got to stop whining like enough millennials with how awful you've had it. Shut up. I get it. Like I'm starting to understand. It, I think. Is Greta Thunberg a millennial? Yeah, she's on the, she's on the verge, but I would say she's like peak. Millennial 20, she's 20. No, she's Gen Z. So no, she's too young. She's generation. All right. Z. There you go. Well, Gen Z, you're in that bucket now because of her. She's your, she's your mascot. <laughs> In the last welcome show to, that I've started welcome watching. Welcome to the Complaining yeah, Club. The the last show that I'll talk about that I started watching is Ahsoka. Is that how you say it? I have no is idea. I haven't started Ahsoka? watching it yet. Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, I'm going to keep saying Dawson. it until it sounds right. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't it, isn't, isn't it Ashoka? It know, might be Ashoka. Whatever. Weird hat lady. Go on. Yes. It's not a hat, though. That's her face, right? That's All her... right. That's her head? That's her hair? I think so. That's her. I think that's her head. And it's a miniseries, right? Like, I don't know how many episodes. There's not too many episodes of this. Yeah, there is um, an H. Oh, no. No, there's not. Yeah, it's A-H-S-O-S. Oh, it's I oh, right. It's reversed. The it's H Ahsoka. is before the S. Yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah, okay. That's right. So that's this has right. Rosario Dawson in as, and again, I think that's her, I think that's her head. Oh, like, I guess that's part of her head. It looks yeah, like a looks hat, like, but I think that's like what makes her an alien, like right? Is that what... <laughs> I think it mo does it move on its own? Can she like wiggle the the headwear? I guess we got to keep watching. To see what 
what's on what's on osaka's head (laughs) she was like the main character in like in like a ton of episodes of the clone wars which we've never seen obviously no no, and i doubt that's ever addressed it or maybe it is but we'll never know well they're tails they're head tails oh of course you know what yeah we're the assholes they're, they're head yeah. tails. Yeah, they're head tails, right? Like they're head okay. tails. I'm reading this thing. Well, from yeah, there's because they they got the stripper alien in uh, in the original trilogy, right? The blue one and the red yeah. one. They got yeah, the head so tails. In addition to the head tails, Ahsoka actually has another structure on top of her head: the montrails. They're sensory organs found in the head of the species of that for a sense of movement. Whatever. So yeah. So anyway, also- she's like she's an alien. She's got a, she's got two tails on her head. Cool. Um, and she's a Jedi. So I, I I've watched. I've watched one episode of this and it, it starts like all Star Wars stuff starts now where it's like we got to go find something mm-hmm. like it's like the theme of Star Wars of like, OK, there's an alien. There's a group of aliens mm-hmm. who have to go find a map, an object, some yeah. some something. Right. So that's spin, where it started. Spin the space MacGuffin wheel. Yes. She's going to go find some stuff. And it's after the Clone Wars and they're expecting me to know what the Clone Wars are. I'm sorry. I didn't watch the cartoon. All seven seasons of that cartoon. I didn't it's watch it. I'm not going to episode watch it. two. Your favorite. Your favorite Star Wars. Again, I just don't. I just don't remember. Like, like you just don't remember some of this stuff. Where you're like, guys, like, I, I for you to expect for me to keep track of this the stuff. One. Yoda at the end, he says, begins the Clone Wars half after he did all those flipping things at the yeah, end. Yeah, I just fought, like I, when I don't, he fought like... Christopher Lee. You remember the movie? Don't say you don't remember this half. <laughs> I remember that. It's the one. Would you just, would it, you just described that. Remember? I was like, what yeah, did Yoda do it? <laughs> what did Yoda do? do? What is Everybody this? hates that part, yeah, and it's, it's the same thing where you know where you def. It had really believable chemistry between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. You remember this movie? They frolicked in a field together. Yeah. It spawned yeah. the meme. It's, it's now a meme. The Foursquare meme, it's where it's like, meme. "Hey, this thing happened, right? This thing happened, right?" And then it's just the face of uh, him being like, "Cause you yeah. know, the thing didn't happen." That's the joke of the meme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I started watching this. How is it? So there's like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of Jedi names and stuff going on, and the empires, or you know, the emperors, the empire is dead. It's now the New Republic. So mm-hmm. I want to like this because I like Rosario Dawson. Who doesn't? She's great. But boo, boy, oh, we have to power through boy. this one. Just, mm. I mean, just because I'm sure it's fine. It's just like it's just I zoned out because I'm just like it's more Star Wars stuff. Yep. Um, I think we're just getting. I mean, this is why they want AI to write this is <laughs> because it's just like if we just get AI to write, we don't have to pay these people and we can just turn this stuff out, right? Um. So yeah, I'm watching it. We'll have more updates as I'm assuming you're going to watch this as well. Yeah. And uh, there's already we'll two talk episodes, right? That. There's two episodes. I think the third episode comes out soon. Yeah, I was going to get it for the, uh, I think that was going to be. Yeah, August 29th is when the next episode comes out, which is tomorrow your time. So today my my time, but tomorrow your time. That'll that'll be my tomorrow night then. I'll watch that. I'll I'll, I'll whisk up some matcha and I'll I'll sip on that while I, while I watch Rosario Dawson and her weird head tails. Yeah. And the, and the guy from RRR is in it. He, who's unfortunately, unfortunately passed away. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That guy's fun though. It's good. Yeah, oh, he was great in RRR. Remember that time he went flying out of that car yeah. and then grabbed his <laughs> rifle and then shot that dude? Yes. God, what a movie. What the a movie. was great. If you haven't seen that so movie, good. and that's a good transition into movies, but if you haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. see it. So I've watched a lot Seriously. of movies. I'm going to go through the movies that I've watched that I think you probably won't want to watch. I'll run through them very quickly. Uh-huh. I watched The Prisoner's Daughter. It's got Brian Cox in it. 
and he's a former he's a prisoner who is who is dying of cancer. No. And he goes home to see his estranged daughter and her son. Like like he's he's basically like allowed to leave the jail on medical leave because he's going to die soon. Got it. It's got Kate Beckinsale, Brian Cox, and that's all wow. that matters. What a cast. Um it's fine. It's really kind of campy in a way. Brian Cox just gets to be Brian Cox, which is fun. He's if you don't know who Brian Cox is, he plays Logan Roy in succession. Yeah. Which is fun. He's the kind of guy who just when he talks. Yes. Things, it's great. It, things are he's got a great he's voice. Just, his voice is incredible. Yeah, he's got a great voice. So anyways, I watched that. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if you like the type of movie where someone's dying of cancer and they're reconnecting with a daughter, right up your alley, go for it. Wow, that's a genre now. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other movie I watched was Ticket to Paradise. Are you aware of Ticket to Paradise? Oh, yeah. This is the one with George Clooney, right? <laughs> yes, it's got George, George Clooney, Clooney and... Uh, oh, wait, hang on. And uh, shit. Uh, fucking, uh, yeah, close. Jazz close. There's more Jew. I know. I know. It's, she's in all the Oceans movies. I, I know her character name. <laughs> wow. That, Julia that, Roberts. That's, Julia Roberts. I was going to say, that's who you know her from, is from all the Oceans you know, movies. You know how I got there? You know how I got there? Because I was like, wait, she played herself in Oceans 12. Spoiler alert. And then I'm like, wait, but when? So, And then I'm like just going through the whole script in my head. And then it's like, oh, yeah, she looks like. And then I'm like, got it. Bam. Julia it's Roberts. real funny. When I think of Julia Roberts, I think Aaron Brockovich for some reason. I don't know mm. why. Yeah, because you were the right age. Where yeah, that it was that's two thousand, right? I would have been when, she, when that when that scene hit differently when she yeah. leans over that counter to get what she wants. Yeah, because she is know, a made you grow up. She's a because <laughs> she's a busty lady who's trying to crack the case wide open on how these on how these companies are poisoning the water. Yeah. Not because it tastes yeah. bad, like in Germany, but because it's actually killing poisoned, people. like Flint. <laughs> that reminds me, I saw another movie that I will add to this list. Okay. So I saw Ticket to Paradise, and the reason why I saw this, I saw this recently, because on my flight back from Japan, which is actually my flight from Taiwan to Hong Kong home, mm -hmm. there's someone in the seat in front of me watching this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was in a similar situation. And so but... I just, I, like, I got home, and I was trying to find something to watch, and I go, oh, yeah, I remember I saw, like, some weird part of this. And I was like, oh, she want to watch it? She's like, yeah, fine. So we watched it um this movie is exactly what you think it is mm -hmm. it's like so basically give you the plot george clooney and julia roberts have been long since divorced they were married for five years and then have been divorced for 19. Oh. they have a 24 year old daughter right who just graduates from law school and she goes to bali with her friend and on this trip to bali she falls in love with a boy who who is part of a family that runs a seaweed farm and 37 days later, she sends George Clooney and Julia Roberts an invitation because she's going to get married. Mm. So George Clooney and Julia Roberts must team up to try and stop their daughter from getting married, even though they hate each other. So that's the plot of the movie. Got it. And it goes about as you expect based on that plot. Really well. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Really? Wow. No, it. it wasn't great. Absolutely not. No, no I'm saying it was great. Oh, okay. As in, it's exactly what you expect. I'm not watching this again, but this is a movie that, you know, someone who goes, I love George Clooney or I love Julia Roberts will totally go to see and they'll love it because it's George Clooney being George Clooney's just turned into a cool old man. I think he kind of made a cool old man. Yeah. But again, he wasn't old. <laughs> he's always kind of been like, oh, he's got a little gray, a little salt and pepper. And he's just he's playing a yeah. father. 
And it's like he gets the and again, this movie grossed $172 million worldwide. Because it's George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I could put the two of them in a cooking show, and I think it would gross that much. So a $60 million movie to make, and it made $168 million. This is why you put George Clooney in your movie and Julia Roberts in your movie. This is why. So that's all I have to say. Oh. Do, do you see it? I don't know. If you like George Clooney and Julia Roberts, you probably are going to see this anyways. I've already seen it glancing at a guy's at somebody screening on an airplane as well. So I think I've yeah. seen it already. Yeah, exactly. I kind of saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this part of the movie. So, yeah. And George anyways. Clooney, similar to Rob to uh, God damn. What the hell is his name already? Like uh, to Brian Cox also has a really great distinguishable voice. Yes. You could just be talking and it's great. Yeah. So. And the fact that he's 62. Wow. Really? Looks good. Yeah, he's 62. Looks good for 62. I honestly thought he was older. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks good, but you know, he's 62 um mm -hmm. all right so i saw so those are the two i'm trying to see if there's anything else okay i saw no hard feelings as well the hell is that that's that the jennifer funny. lawrence making oh, comedy joint that's oh yes okay i've heard of this thing and right? people like so, it right yeah so the plot of this movie and look i, I, what, I what i'm gonna say at the end of this about these three movies where one of them's not really a comedy but it kind of is um jennifer lawrence basically is a is a 20 or she's a 30-year-old woman who lives, I forget, she lives somewhere very popular for people to go on vacation. It's like, what is it, the Hamptons? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's in, that's in uh, Long Island. Yeah, so right? somewhere in, I think it's the Hamptons. Let me make sure. It's in, Oh, it's Montauk. Montauk, New York. Okay. Right? There's so she lives in Montauk, right? So she is a local in Montauk. And obviously, there's all these rich people that come out there for the summer and do stuff. And so basically she, her, you know, she's got some, I think her mom died. Something happened with her parents where they left her this house. Her dad left her this house. And so she's basically trying to figure out how can she keep this house because things have gotten so expensive in Montauk that she can't really live. She can't pay the taxes on this house anymore because she's kind of doing odd jobs, right? She's kind of a, she's kind of a mess up, right? She kind of is just making her way through life in the jokey comedy. I'm a 32 year old woman who still is kind of acting like a 19 year old way. And so she basically gets a job. This rich family hires her to to give her to give their son more experience before he goes to college with girls. Mm -hmm. So they basically hire her to try and seduce this young boy into becoming a man before he goes to college. That's the plot of the movie. As one does. Yeah. So another movie that made its money back. But this to me just kind of explains like where we are with comedy where I would argue before you would make this movie and the sexes would be reversed. And it would be kind of inappropriate and kind of weird, but still kind of funny because there's some things about like there's a massive age difference and lack of experience and the boy's a nerd. He plays video games and she's, you know, she's not 20, but she's still attractive enough to get his attention. And she's trying to show him how to be a man and, you know, oh, you know, here, look, let's go skinny dipping, that type of stuff. Where it's like, yeah, it's comedy because it's an older woman doing this to a younger guy. And it had its moments. Now, don't get me wrong. It was funny. But this is just where we are with this is the type of comedy you're going to see. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying this is where we're going with R-rated comedies. Like, no longer are the days of um, super bad or hangover where it's like male-dominated comedy, women are props and sexual objects. It's kind of like we're going to flip this to like 
bridesmaids type of style comedy going forward. So I, I say all that not to not to be not. It sounds like I'm disparaging it. I'm not. I don't think it was bad. It wasn't great, but it was what you expect from a summer comedy. So right. I, I think it's fine. Like it to me, it's like you can watch it if you want. If you like Jennifer Lawrence, you can watch it. It has its moments where it's genuinely kind of funny. Um, but this is just where we are with comedy. So if you are a fan looking for comedy, this is the type of comedies you're going to get. So I think a lot of people need to recalibrate what they think, you know, it's comedy from a totally different perspective, which is fun to watch at times. There's stuff that is also just like, you know, you watch hangover and there's stuff that's just not funny. And this is the same thing where you're like, I know it's really supposed to be funny. It's just not funny to me. So yeah, that was a lot of words to explain. I liked it, but I'm not going to watch it again. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's it in the movies that I've watched that I'm going to say, nah, you probably don't really want to see it. Um, I did watch Sakura. I don't know if you know what Sakura is. Um, nope. I've watched John Wick like four times, and it's been a lot of plane rides. I've just been like, oh, there's nothing else to watch. I'm just going to watch John Wick again. Part four? John Wick 4. Like the new it's one? awesome. Yeah, right? yeah sure. Okay. So Donnie Yen has this movie that's on Netflix called Sakura. It's a Chinese film. So right after I got back, I was like, I want to watch some. I want to watch S A K R A. S like I S A K R A. Got it. So okay. so I was like, I want to watch some Hong Kong style, you know, kung fu films. Like I I just like it was like two weeks after I got back, and I was just like, give me some old school kung, some old school Hong Kong kung fu. So this thing this thing came out like this year um like for chinese yeah. new year and it came out on netflix so i watched it it's fine um mm -hmm. the fight scenes are cool it's a lot of wires so it's a lot of people floating oh so it's not like what you want. it's not like super it's kind of like he's a superhero but he's not it's like well i'm just a i'm a kung fu master um so basically i mean to try to explain the plot of this it's basically he finds out that as a baby he was you know his family was killed and he was adopted to another clan and so he is now accused of killing the leader of another clan. And so he's got to try to make, you know, to, you know, to redeem himself. It's a lot of Kung Fu. Um, it's fine. If you like this type of film, it was a lot of fun, but I just, I want to bring it up because Donnie Yen, I think is going to make a massive, I mean, again, he was, he's been a director for a long time, like not just an action star, but an actual director as well in Hong Kong cinema, which is what made John Wick so cool because they kind of like, Hey, we're making this sort of gun fu style of movie where it's like the plot is very simple you must kill this person and that's what it is for two hours and bringing donnie into that donnie yin into that world was really cool and then still seeing that he's still directing movies is pretty awesome so yeah. recommend to watch it other films that you could watch it man i watched a bunch of clips from it man which is fun sure yeah yeah that's the classic, um, so it's that right? style of stuff so yeah I, I was just on that kick after we had come back that i was like i'm gonna watch a bunch of old school hong kong chinese style films um so yeah anyways that that i was like i'm like you're not gonna watch it but it's on my list so i watched three movies that i think either you have heard of or watched yourself okay that i want to talk about the first one i'm gonna talk now about is the, yeah go for it now before you start nerding out on this stuff do you want me uh -huh. to quickly run through some of go these for it run through your movies real, and then we can talk quick. about the movies that I'm, i want to get in a bit more detail on all right cool so i saw i saw a man called otto Okay. So yep. Tom Hanks, he's a man called Otto. He's he's the titular character. If you've seen the trailer, you know exactly what okay. it is. Okay, I know what the movie it's, is. Then. Yep, it's good, well acted, sugary sweet, and uh, yeah, 
pretty uh it's it's a nice lighthearted romp um yeah tmnt the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whatever the hell that's called. Uh, oh, Mutant Mayhem. That's what it's called. Um, this is awesome. Really, really cool Yeah, because I've heard it's good. Animated. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like Spider-Verse, Spider-Versifying Turtles. Cool. And it was just like a really cool take on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have no like real love for that brand. I, I don't dislike it. I just don't. I was going to say, I, think, I, I do think from, from purely, I'm not nostalgic about much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am nostalgic about. That was the thing I loved as a kid. So every yeah. time I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this this basically brings up childhood for me. Yeah. And based on the stuff that I know about it and some of the, um, you know, some of the staples of it and how it kind of flips around some of it. Yeah, it works really well. And the and cool. the movie's great. I also saw and I also saw Oppenheimer. OK, so yeah. not really, you know, I'll keep it quick because you haven't seen it yet. Maybe when you do, we can talk a little. Yeah, more and I'm going to watch it. it at home because I'm like Christopher Nolan. The one thing I heard was that, you know, he spends so much time talking about how much he hates visual effects and then his atomic explosion sucked. So I was like, ah, I'm good. Yeah, no visual effects in this movie. All apparently, um, you know, everything, <laughs> even though everything there's acted. trust me, there's there's plenty of visual effects. In yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. What um, he means is there's no CG characters because fine. Oppenheimer doesn't need to be CG. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it, it, this movie's great. Like, Nolan, Nolan's a great director. That there's yeah, no, great. There's it's no fun. doubt about it. Um, and this is good. It's long. It's like three movies in one. I think the, um, the first two acts are way better than the third act, which is kind of building up to its point in a way. And I think they could have done, I think they easily could have cut a little bit. But overall, really great movie. Good experience. Uh, Cillian Murphy's as good as they say he is. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, the whole cast is good. It's like you could have just as much fun watching this movie and fun's kind of a strong word, but I guess there's two ways to watch this movie. One is really engrossing yourself in it. The other is just playing a who's who game of figuring out who the actors are. Cause like every actor. Yeah. Cause like Robert Downey Jr. is in this, right? If you're white and famous, you're in yeah, this yeah. movie. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it goes. How Josh Hart is in this movie. Yeah, the only thing I the only thing I heard about Oppenheimer, obviously, and again, it's the whole pairing with Barbie thing, right? Sure, I was kind of. I haven't seen like, Barbie oh, yet. Barbie's coming at the same time. Yeah, and again, I've heard Barbie is is really good. I've heard yeah, sort of I've, yeah. There's a lot I of people. There's a lot of people being weird because they're because whatever. We're, that's where we are in media, where it's like men feel the need to to justify their existence. It's like no, we see you. You're here, but Barbie yeah. apparently is very good. Um, the only thing I know about Oppenheimer is people were mad that there were no Japanese people in the film. And I was like, did we need Japanese people? Like, just to yeah. be like, hey, this is awful. Here's a Japanese guy to prove that it's awful. Like, what are we doing? Like, just let them tell the story of this dude building this bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I it, it That's kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, exactly. Like, this movie's not about do. the hor the horrific. Like, I think, and again, I haven't seen it, but it's like, it's not about how horrific that is. It's about the the toil that this guy goes through in building this thing yeah the one yeah the one thing i will say though is they actually do a decent job of conveying that but part of the way the, a lot of the way they do that is with sound and that's one of the things that you know you can love it or hate it but nolan does try to use a lot yes. of sound like i'd argue that the the imax experience of this is more important for audio hmm. than i mean I, you know what it's not even a yeah. question it's way more important because of the audio than visual so if you do decide to see it in theaters, like I, it sounds like you won't, but honestly, the the sound design of it all, yeah, maybe the like I, I won't say any more than that. But the the audio experience of it really drives things home. Like hmm. you're not being 
you're not being disturbed by the visuals of an explosion, but the right. sound of it and it's the, the sound shocking. Yeah, which is which is fair enough, right? Which is an interesting way to do it as well, because that sound you could argue elicits just as many emotions as visuals do, if not more. So. Totally, totally. So that was, but that was Oppenheimer. Is very good, and we'll talk more about it when you eventually see it. Yeah. Um, and then I rewatched Rocket Man, which is. A very good movie. <laughs> and and that that movie real quick about rocket man um and that's the elton john movie for those who aren't familiar with it it's yeah. going taron egerton um one that movie's fantastic but man the first 30 minutes of that movie are so good and so fun and then wow is it way more depressing <laughs> that, that was my problem i enjoyed the first 30 minutes and then as it started <sighs> to become super depressing it just kind of lost me and, yeah. I, and again, I, I don't know much about Elton John. I don't know the music of Elton John. It's like, you know, you know, obviously the really popular songs, but like, I, I don't know much of, of anything about Elton John. So I, I should probably rewatch it because I kind of watched the plane and kind of like zoned out. It was like, yeah, it doesn't it. The the low parts don't really drag as much as I remember them doing. So I'm like, I, I was watching this thing thinking, man, I'll just watch the first 30 minutes because I really like that part. And then, you know, when it when it's more of like this musical set to some of his more, you know, livelier hits right because i i'm not a huge elton john fan and and i was just like well let's check this out and i really liked it the first time i saw it and yeah it was i i actually really enjoyed it this time as well for the, going in and having zero intention to watch it and then watching the whole thing and highly enjoying it great movie rocket man i don't think it gets enough love came out around the same time as that as uh bohemian rhapsody and i can't believe like that if that thing sticks around in the zeitgeist and this one doesn't a, a great crime has been committed. Yeah, I mean, he, he won an Academy Award for it, so to stick around somehow. And Taron Egerton was way better in this role. So mm -hmm. good. I mean, you know, he got to, uh, he he had a sex scene with, what's that guy's name? Richard Madden, right? That guy? Sure. It's it's, <laughs> I it's, believe ex you, yeah. it's explicit, man. There's some crazy shit in that movie. Good movie. Good movie. All right, now I'm done. Go. Okay. Three movies I've watched that I think you have either seen or you should see. Mm -hmm. Have you seen The Flash? No. Uh, okay. I now should you see it? I don't know. Um, I will eventually. But I'm going to say this: that movie is not as bad as people want to say that it is. No, people really people like it. That movie's not bad. Um, the, huh? it's it's a bit of a mess. Like the dude Ezra Miller is a strange guy, and I don't mean that because you know his history and the things. And and maybe I should say they. That's un, that's unfair. I should use his proper pronouns there. He's just like I don't remember the Flash being like weird and neurotic. I'm watching this going. That's just that's just who this person is. <laughs> it's like huh? it's kind of just playing themselves here. Um, but look, this movie is fun. It's fun because they kind of bring back, it kind of brings a bunch of stuff from other things in the universe and merges it together. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I liked it, but it was way better than I thought it was gonna be. And if this is how this version of the DC stuff ends, I'm actually okay with it. I think this was a better movie than any of the Marvel stuff that's come out in the last year. Yeah, people have been saying that like, yeah, as far as DC EU goes, I mean, I'm sure it's not as good as the Aquaman, but <laughs> it's got some moments in it where you're just like, "Oh, this is a little weird." I mean, Ezra Miller kind of sharing the baby scene at the beginning. Yes, now again, that's silly, 
right? It's super silly and dumb, but when it actually gets into it, and specifically, I mean, I don't think this is a spoiler, but when like Michael Keaton shows up as Batman, and that yeah, the way all of that that's stuff a, comes, that yeah. stuff's a lot of fun. Like it's it's a fun watch. So I, I would say keep your expectations low. But this movie is better than what I think we all kind of assumed was this movie's going to suck. And it's not it's not great, but it's not awful either. So, yeah, that's that's what I got to say. But I I thought you might have seen it. So I thought you might. have. No, it sounds like a glowing endorsement, though, if I've ever heard one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you get some free time then see it. Fair enough. The other movie I want to talk about is they clone Tyrone. (laughs) <laughs> right. This is the one you told me I should watch, and I just have yes. not yet. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I watched it because shout out to, to my friend Mason who told me, he told me many times as I was watching World Cup games, I have to see this movie. Like, now, stop this watching movie, that bullshit soccer match. Stop watching yeah. that dude kiss that lady and watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got more goddamn alerts about that thing. I'm like, why am I getting alerts about this? Just why is this dude still in charge of this thing? And he's still fighting. Yeah, so anyway, this movie sorry. stars John Boyega, right? And John Boyega, and I would say this is a sci-fi movie. Yeah, watch the trailer. It looks good. Looks right. Good. It's it's got a little bit of um. Why am I not remembering the movie with uh, the key? Sorry Stanford. to bother you. Yes, it's got a little bit of sorry to bother you in there. Yes, it's got yeah, and it's look, it's I would say it's a bit more hard than that movie. Like language is more hard. It takes it's a little bit more violent, but like from a like an urban standpoint, not like a not like gore. It's not like a horror movie. It's a lot okay. more. There's a lot more comedy. I mean, Jamie Foxx's movie is great. He's hilarious. He's really good. He's he to me. He's one of the. He is the star of this movie because he plays a pimp, and it's great. Perfect. Um, what is he not great though? Isn't he usually like Jamie Foxx is always pretty good. Like I know yeah, he's I know he, he always not everyone he might loves be bad Fox, movies, but he's good. But but he tends to deliver. Yeah, it's got it's got Keith or Sutherland in it, which is great. Why wouldn't it? Great. So yeah, look, I mean, this movie is. I think you would. I think you would enjoy this. It's totally okay. cult classic. A nod to black exploitation in there oh, okay. as well. Um, I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as as, as I was hoping I would like it because the name and the mm-hmm. premise is like, okay, this is funny. It's maybe a little. It's like the the, the poster is great. It just says, "Damn dot dot dot." They clone Tyrone, <laughs> and the problem is, is that the guy's name's not even Tyrone. Oh, like like it's it's just a it's a play on the fact of Tyrone is a stereotypical African American name. So it's just like they clone Tyrone. You're like, all right, they claim they clone some black people, <laughs> right? Like that it's that. Pretty, that is pretty funny, though. <laughs> right? It's funny. It's great. So like, I I think this is worth watching. I think you should watch this because I think you'd like it. I think right, you'd like it enough. for the for the Jamie Fox part of it. And again, the language is rough. It takes place in in urban African American area. So like you you know what you, what you're expecting is like, oh okay, that's a little stereotypical. Ooh, okay, I don't know if we should be showing. But yeah, it's, it's, I get vibes of yeah. um yeah. To to your point, you know, watching the trailer, all I'm thinking is um yeah, sorry to bother you, which I love, and yes. um and attack the block, which I also love. So yeah, it's like sorry to bother you, attack okay. the block, and black dynamite. Oh, poof. All right, I got to see this movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of stuff sort of like the the premise of it is also like how this is happening. It's very black exploitation, like overly they're doing this to black people type of thing, which is like right. you either like you can find it funny or you can be like, OK, it's a little too much. Right. Like it's 
I think it's, I think generationally, again, this is kind of, I think this is also kind of millennial grabbing on to like black exploitation. It's really fun where you ask some black people, they'd be like, well, black exploitation wasn't, wasn't great. It's like all the worst parts of black culture, but it's like, but it's great. Right. So I, I think it's worth watching. It's got a lot of his, you know, conspiracy theory, you know, seventies, you know, that type of stuff. So it's got a little undercover brother in there as well. Like it's that theme of kind of a movie. Oh with with attack the block kind of vibe in the way that it's shot is i think attack the block is a very good comparison as far as how it looks all right and john boyega is great i mean the, the, oh, he's yeah. he's starting to show that he's actually got some legitimate range because like you kind of look at this and you're like this doesn't really even look like john boyega um but he you're just showing that he's able to kind of do a little bit of everything he's starting to do more adult stuff which is really good which means yeah. I'm really excited for Attack the Block too. I hope that movie doesn't suck. <laughs> I hope it's good because I mean, again, that that's the first movie he was ever in, and it's so good. That's still one of my favorite movies ever. That movie's great. It's good. Um, so yeah, they clone Tyrone. I recommend you watch it. I think it's a fun watch, but obviously use your own sensibilities based on the things I guess explained. All right, fair enough. And last that's but not least, no, this is the last thing I think we talked about before we went on our long hiatus. Oh, and I did see one more movie that I just Okay, yeah, go for about. it. Uh um, What'd you see? Puss in Boots. I I watched Puss in Boots as well, but that was before our, uh, The last was... The Last Wish. Yeah, yes, I think you told I me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally watched that. I watched that as well. Dynamite movie. Great. Real good. Highly great recommend movie. it. Good out of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good out of 10. I agree with you. It's good. That movie's fun. Op- opposite of uh <laughs> Opposite of Secret Invasion. Bad Secret Invasion gets a bad out of 10. This is a good out of 10. Okay. <laughs> Sp- Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the last thing we should talk about before we end this. Yeah, good call. All right. Because I've seen it. So I finally saw this after, I believe, on the podcast, I explained how the audio was messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, I did see Retribution as well, Liam Neeson. Let me talk about that quickly because I went to the oh, same yeah. movie theater, and the sound was fine for this movie. Okay. Retribution is Liam Neeson doing what Liam Neeson does. He gets a phone call. He's got to act in some sort of way. The thing is, this movie takes place with him in a seat of a car. He never leaves the car. Oh, oh no, that's not true. Situation. He starts leaving the car, and then he's in the car the entire movie. <laughs> so it's like it's oh. the most geriatric way you can make an action star. It's like the um, movie Lock with uh, Tom Hardy, where there's two Tom Hardys. I don't think I saw Tom Hardy. I don't think I saw Lock is uh, Tom Hardy talking to himself. Okay, not exactly that, but more of okay, he's in a car and there's a bomb in the car. And oh. he's got to get his way out of the situation because his kids are also in the car. Anyways, oh. movie not. I mean, it's exactly what you expect for an hour for an hour and a half action movie. I'm fine with it. If it would have been a second longer, I would have said it was bad out of ten. Instead, it was okay out of ten. All right, fair enough. Okay out of yeah. ten. I like this new rating. <laughs> we should stick to this. <laughs> it's an okay out of ten. All right, Spider Verse, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Finally saw this movie. I've, I've waited after my movie theater sound issues. This movie okay. is great. It was almost a perfect out of 10. Yep. But the fact, now is this a spoiler? Spoiler, if you've not seen this movie, you've listened to enough of this podcast, you can turn this thing off. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. All right, so that's a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. I'm still upset that this is actually part one of a two-part movie. I, I was livid. Because it was so great. And I was waiting for that big final action set piece. 
and then the movie just ended <laughs> just it just ended and it was like i'm gonna now again what you told me actually helped because i didn't see it for i got so wrapped up back in miles story that you said well actually if this is gwen's movie it makes sense right and as soon as you said that i go uh, okay but they didn't make that very it's still nonsense it's still nonsense it's complete but she is the she is the narrator but still it's it's dumb it's complete nonsense now again visually awesome different art styles awesome having them show up into this new spider-verse world oscar isaac awesome this is Mm -hmm. great Yep. And it just, but again, I can't get over the fact of like they didn't tell us this was a, and maybe they did, right? Maybe I'm just not into. I, I didn't did, read much about this movie. I didn't want to read about is, it. I tried to not watch it because I was like, I just want to be in it. And look, they changed. I feel lied to. It was originally going to be what is this one called? Across the Spider Verse. Across the like, Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. So it's across, or is it? Yeah, Across the Spider Verse. It was originally part one, and then they renamed, and then they dropped the part one, and then they made this follow up, like Beyond the Spider Verse. What are the hell? The third too many. It's called, too confusing. So. Yeah, but they did that because they think it's like the marketing thing where it's like the um, where they're like, oh, if we're at part one, then not as many people are going to see it. That's why Fast 10 also doesn't have an ending, but that is obviously supposed to be part one of another movie. And that thing straight up doesn't have an ending. This thing doesn't have an ending. The only one of these movies and I made this exact comment because we did see it. We didn't talk about it, but we'll skip it because we've gone too long. But uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Of yep. all the three movies I've just said, is the only movie that actually feels like a completed. So market. now I see why you felt the way you crazy. felt about Mission Impossible after seeing these yeah. two movies first. So it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Where I'm like, oh no, you're right. Mission Impossible ended way better than these than both of the movies you just named, Spider Verse and yeah. the other Fast and Furious movies. So I'm, I'm with Fast you. 10, that yeah. that movie has elevated itself, and this movie dropped itself down a bit because I feel like I got lied to. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, it was still great. Now, what also takes some of the shine off of this is all the stories afterwards from the the animation team going, this movie was horrible to work on, and these directors don't know what they want, so we did stuff 20 times before it got into the movie. That's not great. <laughs> um, but, I, again, I still enjoyed it. The premise is great. The The storytelling is great. The, the way it's animated is great. It's just really fun to watch for an animated movie. It's It's the best that we're doing right now as far as animated films are concerned. Yeah, the movie's really good. It's um, it's fun, beautiful, and yeah. despite all that controversy, all that stuff. Yeah. So the next one is, um, yeah, across the Spider Verse. That's no, the, that's uh, that's this one. This oh, right. Sorry. Whoops. This is the problem. I find right. it confusing. Okay. No, I was Into right. Right. The right. Spider-verse, beyond. I was right. Spider-verse. Beyond. Beyond the Spider Verse. Like, why is it called Beyond the Spider? Like, it's just it's it's too much. Yeah. Like, you, like you're trying to be like just make it straightforward so we know what we're watching. Um, it had a date. But now that delete is um, is beyond it. Nobody knows when it's going to come out because of the strikes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to take a while. So and again, I, I just I, I think this will lose like at some point the technical prowess needs to just be background noise to the story. And that's a bit of my fear of, OK, now you're dragging this out. And you've made it kind of convoluted and complicated. Just make sure that you, you you stick the the landing on this because now yeah. you've made it where I got to try to remember 
wait, that guy's from where? And this person's from doing what? And these people from the first movie Don't are coming back. Don't worry. We've seen, this, we've seen this happen before. This is the exact same thing that happened with the Matrix Reload. I, I knew you were going to say that. And yeah, that was Oof. great. Great. Oh boy. Ooh. So that's my point of just, <laughs> oh, like just. You want, you want to talk about a bad out of 10? There you go. There's one. Uh, so this is a this is a great out of 10 not a perfect out of 10 i still love yeah. the style of it but the first movie i think will forever i watched this per- the first movie i think i talked about this one i couldn't watch the other one i watched the first one the first one's better than this one sorry oh yeah if you, if yeah, you yeah, say yeah. it's not no, you're better right. then you're that, just in the is moment. that even the first a question movie is better i think some people think this one's better because again people who really love oh, spider-man no, they're wrong all the spider-mans in the cameos right you got donald glover who's a, who's who's uh. playing a cameo because he was in some Spi- spider-man movie as the prowler right, he was once, in the tom now, holland one yeah exactly yeah it's just like guys it's like I, I this is what i hate about the marvel stuff is that you're expecting me to remember what happened in a totally different movie at a totally different time in order to get the gag that you're doing it's like just make it just make the gag work without me having to watch hundreds of hours of content because then you're gonna lose me when i go well it's not worth it then if i gotta if i gotta be hip to the clone wars i'm not gonna care about this thing as much as someone who's a hardcore nerd would i think there's a fine line between doing fan service and just making good content that stands on its own and i think that's something that all of these sci-fi superhero stuff are struggling with because they're catering to hardcore most vocal minority of their fans but they lose people who just want to watch good stories and like good set pieces like you're going to lose me because i don't care about any of this stuff to that level to follow well you see in the last spider like i don't care enough about it like just make it good if you make it visually good i'm going to watch it totally yeah it's um no i don't disagree you're right yeah you're right and that's i i the first, the first Spider-Man movie is near perfect. Yes, it's. It, I mean, I, I again, it's the greatest Spider-Man movie ever created. Yeah, and it's not even close. It's not even <laughs> close. It's not. And I think part of that is being able to stand on its own. It's a totally like even, different thing, different story. You could different look at Spider-Man. It's so different. It's great. Yeah, like you could look at Empire Strikes Back, right? People say that's the best Star Wars movie, and that can exist on its own. Yep. You don't have to know anything yeah. about the previous characters. It drops you into the world. You learn about the characters and their motivation throughout the story, and it ends in a way that's extremely entertaining and exciting. Yeah. Is and it a happy ending? No. No. But it's an ending. Yes. It's an ending. Yeah. And this in the first Spider-Man movie, of uh, in you know, into the Spider-Verse was great. It was a totally different world. You get a new Spider-Man. You have nods to okay, Peter Parker, other Spider-Man for different universe. Cool. I don't need to know anything about any of the previous Peter Parkers that have ever existed. All I need to know yeah. is that this guy is in a, he's, he's in the wrong place yeah. and we're trying to get him back. It's that it would be simple. like it would be like if at the end of Empire you saw Leia and Luke get together and Luke's like, all right, let's go save Han. And then you're like, yeah. wait, what? They're not going to do that now. No, they're going to do that in the next movie. You're like, oh, yeah, like it on. just ended. I mean, look, get I would argue here. that's why, you know, as much as I kind of didn't love uh in uh, game not in game infinity war as yeah. much as others did like yes you need a lot of that historical background of all the characters and stuff but that movie does stand on its own pretty well oh like, yeah you could and... have never seen any of the marvel stuff before and drop in the end game to know this is the ultimate bad guy and a bunch of good guys are going to team together to try to beat him and, and you it. can take that script you can flip that script and say well that's thanos's story Yes. And you get it. 
and that does have an ending unlike yes. this one where they say well gwen it's like no it doesn't have an ending no, because she's about to do the final fight and it yes. doesn't happen yeah it's like i'd much rather you just end it with despair if you're gonna do two parts multiple parts end it in a way where it's not like okay so now i just have to watch them wrap this thing up versus like oh god i have no idea what's gonna happen this is dark Right. And I think that's what the, these movies are struggling with. When I would just argue, then just wrap up the movie. Stop making two parts of films. Like, cut your script yeah. down to be able to tell a totally different story at a different time. Like, you don't, like, stop trying to make these things that I would argue would even fit better as, like, four-part television series. If yeah. you're going to do or that. Or you do the Mission Impossible thing where you've basically concluded the arc, yes. but all the players are still on the board, right? Like, right. that's... That's what's cool about that ending where it's like, right. right now well, you we make basically... the enemy, the enemy is like the situation, not the person. Right. And so you get out yeah. of a situation and then you're going to go finish the job with a person versus all these things are like, the situation is still ongoing. Here's a second part. And that's what Fast and Furious and the Spider-Man movie did where it's like, we're in the middle of the thing that now they're going to drag out. Which is fine for things like TV when you're gonna yeah. when you know you're gonna get it next week. With this, we might not get this other Spider Man right. movie until 2026. Yeah, same thing right. with. Uh, I mean, originally it was going to be early 20, like in the first half of 2024. Right, but again, but that's not this one. Point, that's that's not happening because of the writer strike, and it's not going to happen no. because of of how this film was created. It already got pushed a bunch of times. This one got pushed a bunch of times. So no way this gets, I mean, I would say you're lucky if this gets done like 2025, like end of 2025. But then I would also argue that they'll push it in 2026 because the slate for 2025 is going to stack up, right? So you kind of want, you know, this movie, while these movies are great, animated films tend to do better when they're kind of on an island on their own versus like, you're not going to put this thing up against Avatar. You're not going to put uh, this thing yeah, up but Spider Man, Spider Man could do its own thing, and I, I think can, that may, the, maybe. But I would say if I'm a studio yeah. and I want to maximize my, if I'm Disney, <laughs> and I would say this is Sony, right? If I'm Sony and I want to maximize my profits, I'm, I want this thing to sit in a summer blockbuster spot where it can really breathe on its own without something else coming behind it or something else coming in front of it blocking my ability to really maximize this. So they're going to have to find a spot for this. But again, I'm saying that like Dune is already pushed, right? Like movies know. are going to start pushing because of the strike and it will push this yep. as well. Yep. Right. I believe Fair Dune enough. pushed till March, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's still saying November. Maybe, Got delayed. Uh... Now it's release date to say blah, 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 blah. It was pushed to 2024. Uh, sorry, clicking. See, yeah. Look, I'm just. Or we should end this with saying a lot of stuff is going to be. Yeah, Dune will be pushed back from its original November third theatrical release date to March fifteenth, twenty twenty four. So Dune gets okay. pushed. Has a has a has a push of everything else, right? So Sony will start pushing stuff back. Um, you know, there's another Ghostbusters movie that's going to get pushed back. So yeah. I think a lot of stuff is going to start. I mean, again, Avatar has already been pushed back. So stuff is going to start pushed back, and is you know normally as things come up, they'll get slotted in between these things that get pushed around, but the writer strike's going to mess all this stuff up. They're going to push and delay stuff as much as they can. So. Yep. Fair enough. Well, on that happy note, uh, yeah, we've been talking. This is a long one, but look, what we've happens? Been out, we've been away. What happens? We got a lot. We got a lot oh. to talk about. Got shit. We got, we got important stuff to solve and I think we did it. Right. We're going to be off for another, how many weeks? 
It's going to be a few weeks. It's going to be a while. This is going to have to tide you over for a bit because you're gone. I'm gone this weekend. You're going to be gone the following weekend. So, yep. yeah, I think uh, we'll be back later in September. The good so. thing is, for all those people listening, I'm unemployed, so we can record whenever. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Great. Hey, happy unemployment. Sounds so, good. So, so if you're back middle of the week next week before I leave, we can record on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I'm around. <laughs> I won't. I'm not back until Friday next week. Well, there you go. And that's when I leave. So There you go. Well, have a so, good yeah. trip. Enjoy. Enjoy this. And uh, don't get sunburned. Yeah. You know? I hope you, I hope you didn't consume this all in one period because then you're going to be back with no content soon. So hopefully you're, you're rationing this. Or maybe you do that and you're like, thank God they're going away. <laughs> yeah, God. Oh, I can't believe I had to listen to this thing again. Jesus. You did that by choice. You did that. You have no one to blame but yourself. I didn't even talk about the games I've been playing, but who cares? All right. Well, thanks for listening. He's abroad.com. It's got all the links you want. Subscribe, rate, share. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, you know, if you're listening to this in your car, roll down the windows and turn it up. I mean, at this point, it's already over. You're at the end. Start it over. Turn it up. Roll down the windows. Until next time, which who the hell knows when that'll be. But it'll be soon-ish, maybe, eventually. Work out.